1: What's up, everybody? It's pushing the limits on a Friday, but we got a really special show lined up for you today. It's a tough job, but somebody has to do it. I am hanging out right now at the Sapphire Pool, topless pool, by the way, both men and women, optional. And on a beautiful Friday afternoon, it's NFL week. It's NFL weekend here with the draft. And oh boy, we have a special show lined up for you today. Uh, I got to tell you, folks, it's going to be a little difficult for me to concentrate today I've never seen a, a naked woman before, and there are half-naked women everywhere. So it's going to be tough for me to comment. I'm just warning you on that. But we have a very special show lined up for you today. we got Chris Wynn in the house.
0: That's right. What's up, Shep? Yeah, a little bit of a different atmosphere. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you, to the uh, day-to-day, pushing-the-limits kind of setup yeah. here I- on a Friday going into the weekend here in Vegas with all this stuff going down in town. It's uh pretty impressive out here i to gotta say, say the people here at sapphire
1: they do it right come on down here i hate to sound like the price is right but uh great food specials drink specials and we're broadcasting here live we have some very very special guests lined up for you today now i love this guy you've seen him in the hangover uh, you've seen him in old school. The guy has been, you've seen him in Entourage, California Cation. Uh, the guy's been everywhere. Mad TV, he was one of the original guys in Mad TV, the very funny comedian actor. Brian Collin is going to be joining us here live, which I'm really looking forward to. He's actually got some shows in Vegas this weekend. Uh, I love this guy. Uh, so I'll be looking, really looking forward to uh, meeting him for the first time and, and uh, coming out here, hanging out at the pool. Former mayor of Las Vegas, Oscar Goodman, is going to be joining us at the bottom of the hour. Uh, I love Oscar. You know, He's always got martinis in his hand, of course, and he's going to be joining yeah. us at the bottom of the hour. Former UNLV royalty. We've got UNLV royalty coming here today. He's former <laughs> running rebel. Uh, had a great career in the NBA. A former Boston Celtic and Phoenix Sun, Marcus Banks, is going to be joining us. We're going to have more special guests jumping in here from time to time. I also heard rumor a few entertainers here might be joining us. On the show as well, so that's going to be a lot of fun. I asked
0: Chris if he would take his shirt off and go topless. He said no. Uh, is that true, Chris? Is that? Am I, you am never I, know if uh, you could get a couple <laughs> cocktails in me. Maybe uh, we could uh, have a little fun here. But, pro- but uh, I would say probably not. Fair enough. I nobody wants to see either of them. I'm the still steak. in my mid-workout mode before Fair. I get into uh, you know summer, summertime, uh, summertime bathing attire. <laughs> Body, body time. So last night, I guess who was here, C-Win? Uh, T.O. was in the
1: house here last yeah, night. Uh, I, I uh, heard, uh, yeah, I heard. A lot of, uh, I mean, listen, everybody's here in town, right? Anybody right. associated with the NFL for yeah. the most part, uh, people like Emmett Smith, uh, Michael Irvin, everybody's here, uh, people that are working, TV, and just former NFL greats, you know, uh, are here. What did you make of day one? I wanted to ask you about this, Chris, because you've been here in Las Vegas almost as long as I have. I've been here a little bit longer than you. I've been here like 20 years, and... You know, I never thought that we would see the day, at least in the year 2022, where we would see the Raiders here and we would see an NFL team here. But now we have the NFL draft here. I thought everything went very well and smoothly yesterday. What did you make of day one of the NFL draft right here in Las Vegas?
0: No question about it, Brian. It was a historic day without a doubt, right? You're talking about a day that uh, we never thought, even even maybe six, seven years ago, we never thought that Las Vegas would have that type of event as far as the NFL being involved, actually being here in town. And, of course, with the draft, it's it's always a great day for the players because you have an opportunity to uh, – it's a life-changing event for them, right? You're going from the uh, playing in college to uh, the ultimate level, which is the NFL, and uh, it changes your lives both from a financial and professional standpoint for those guys. So that was great. Uh, from the draft standpoint, it was a little bit strange because – the NFL draft, usually it's about marquee offensive guys, right? It's usually about the big-time quarterback, the Andrew Lux, the Peyton Mannings, guys like that that are getting drafted, and that usually is the focal point. That wasn't the case yesterday, of course. We had a lot of, of big-time defensive players that were taken, guys that are going to have impact in the NFL, but just not really like huge name Offensive marquee guys. I mean, obviously there were wide receivers that went uh, in the middle of the first round, but uh, from from a standpoint of a player standpoint, it's a little bit strange. And then, of course, uh, there was also the 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 big time kind of weird thing: the Vegas Raiders, right? The team that's here doesn't have a first or a second round pick. In this draft, so that was kind of strange, not having you know the hometown team, the host city, well, not, not have right an actual draft pick in the first round, I agree. Which is uh, you know Thursday night, of course, is the marquee day of the NFL yeah. draft. Not trying to take yeah. away from today or tomorrow, but it's it just it's the first round. I'm so sorry, I, care. I, I didn't really you know? catch the last twenty seconds of what you
1: just said because there's a couple of topless women that are about twenty feet from me. Understandable. I, yes. ap- I apologize, Chris, but uh, <laughs> you did you did mention the Raiders, by the way. Yeah. Uh, the Raiders put out a statement about an hour and a half ago, and I'm going to read it in regards to a few of their players. With the May 2 deadline approaching, the Raiders have decided not to pick up fifth-year options for uh, Farrell, Josh Jacobs, and Jonathan Abraham. Now, there are some Raiders fans that are freaking out over this decision, and uh, I want to get your take on it. First of all, the Raiders need Josh Jacobs, right? We all know that. They need Josh Jacobs. But with that being said, do you think that it's time? Or, you know, Darren Waller. Should he be panic? Uh, you know, should we be panicking? Uh, the fact that we've heard rumors that Waller might be dealt, Josh Jacobs might not be here. Uh, what are your
0: What are your thoughts on that? Well, I don't know about panic being the right word, but this is what the NFL is all. I about. Mean, look, NFL is a business. At the bottom, on the bottom line. And there's been discussion for the past couple of weeks that Darren Waller could be on the move. And that is, of course, Raider Nation has been up in arms about that because you don't let a guy go who's early in his career that is one of the, you know, you're talking about probably a top three or four talent at that position in the NFL. So that would be a big time shocker. The Josh Jacobs thing look, the, the NFL has become much less uh, running back centric. And what I mean by that is this it's, I mean, the running back just flat out is not as important as it used to be, and, and uh, you know, look, the, the, life, the lifetime of running backs in the NFL is short enough as it is. It's probably, you know, three, uh, it's right around, you know, I think three and a half, four years in the NFL is the average lifespan of running backs. So uh, Josh Jacobs, I'm not trying to say that he's in the back end of his career by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I think it would be less traumatizing to Raider fans out there if Josh Jacobs were in some way dealt or was no longer part of the organization, so I wouldn't be shocked by any by any means if if there was some kind of deal that went down, even with Darren Waller today, with 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 uh, the back end or with the last uh, uh, second, third, fourth, and then uh, remaining rounds of this draft. But uh, I think that Raider fans would be much more upset if Darren Waller was on the move as opposed to someone like Josh Jacobs. So again,
1: if you're just joining us, we are broadcasting live right now at the Sapphire Pool. Uh, being topless is optional, Chris, so I just wanted to let you know that. If you'd like to take your shirt off, you can at any time. Uh, there are beautiful women here yes. all over the place. Uh Half-naked women, I think that's fair to say. Uh, Chap,
0: know. you know what it is? I feel like, and, and, and Rick, I feel like it's the calm before the storm, gentlemen. You know? It's like, it's, it's the beginning. It's, you know, look, it's kind of, it's early for Vegas. Let's be straight about it. All right? I mean, right. last night was a big night. It's going to be a big night tonight. And, I want to uh, ask weekend. you about that. So- okay.
1: I want to ask you about that because I think the NBA, listen, we've had some big events here almost every week. It seems like we have a big event. But I remember the NBA All-Star Weekend. Uh, We had some athletes doing some, some crazy stuff. A lot of people were doing some crazy things. That was a very different weekend, right? We didn't have professional teams here in Las Vegas. But now we have the NFL draft here, and you have all these former and current NFL players that are in town, all these college guys that have just been drafted. I hate to ask you this question, but let's just be honest here. It is Las Vegas. We're sitting here in a beautiful pool, beautiful gentleman's club, beautiful women everywhere. I mean, as I look right now, I see three topless women. And like I said, then I look at you, Chris, uh, with all due respect, but you're ruining the view for me. I'm sorry. But, Absolutely. But, but yeah. no, but in all seriousness, do you think this is an issue? You got a bunch of 20, 21, 22 year old kids in town. They're kids. They have their whole life in front of them. We don't want anything bad to happen. But do you feel like in the next 24 to 48 hours, um, Something could happen where you say to yourself, oh boy, that wouldn't have happened uh, unless they did it in Vegas. They shouldn't have done it in Vegas. Now, I'm not
0: saying that, but I think it's a fair question to ask. I do not think that is something that is a outrageous issue, okay, because, and my reason being is this, the draft every year is held in a high-profile spot, okay? Usually, it's held in New York City, mm-hmm. all right, and... and a lot of times, you know, there's been opportunities for the draft to be in other cities that rarely get the draft, and have, and, it, and it's still an epic event. It still ends up being a marquee event for everybody that is involved, and and the players being included. Now, look, you, you talked about all the athletes that are in town, right? All the the, the former NFL players, and then the younger guys who are about to get drafted it's not even just about them it's about their families about their friends getting a chance to come out and hang out with them and enjoy that experience of being drafted and I think just Vegas is just a is a unique opportunity for them to do that uh, could there something that could something happen that could be detrimental to their career I mean I guess but it's nothing more in my opinion than any other place around the country okay that's a marquee place are you telling me that if they have the draft in Miami Florida there 's not as much opportunity in Miami, Florida for something to go down. I mean look it's, 11, it's, it's basically it 's noon here in Vegas, okay if it 's noon in Miami down in south beach you 're telling me there's not other there's opportunities for players oh, to get involved in listen. problems here This is a, this is a discussion, right, Shapp? We have this all the time. I agree when, with you. whenever some it 's not even about the NFL or it 's not even about athletes right. anybody of, of prominence right that, that gets into trouble. In Las Vegas, they, they try to make it out like it's a Las Vegas thing, mm-hmm. and the fact of the matter is, all of us come back. All of us that are Las Vegas locals, or those of us that have an affinity for this town and for this area, we come back with them. Like, uh, you know what? It could have happened anywhere. Could have happened in Chicago. Could have well, happened in Chris, Boston. I... Could have happened in New York. Could have happened in Miami. Could have happened in San Diego or L.A. That it's it's just, that's the same. It ends up being kind of a circular argument that that comes back around to you're an adult. You should be able to handle yourself in any situation, and not completely destroy your career over a matter of a, of a matter of hours or a matter of a couple of days. Chris, obviously, I agree with you for the yeah. most part.
1: Uh, you're right. I mean, the drinking, the parting, uh, whatever the case may be, it can happen anywhere. But you, you understand why I asked that question, because when I think of the Henry Rugg situation, a lot of people blamed, and I shouldn't say a lot of people, but some people blamed Vegas, which I thought was absolute nonsense, by the way. I thought it was absolute nonsense to blame Vegas. You blame the person who did it. Uh, this is, for the most part, uh, a very safe town when you consider the 24-7 lifestyle. And by the way, while I'm talking about people getting into trouble, there is a beautiful, lovely lady that is, topless that is asking us what we would like to drink uh we are not allowed to show the nudity uh on our stream i wish we could by the way but we're not allowed to so while i'm talking right now chris is staring at a lovely lady and, yeah. her, and her nude bosoms am i allowed to say that out on the air nude bosoms
0: can i say that i not that allowed I got, i'm not gonna lie to you Brian and uh, Rick, I've been in radio here in <laughs> Vegas for over a decade. This is pretty. I've cool. never been in this type of environment or situation, so I have to. I have is to, you know, there I'm a kind chance of, I'm kind of in? Uh, I'm kind of shell shocked right Chris, now. is there Shap? I'm shell shocked right is now. Is there a chance that
1: while I'm talking to you about football, you could have an erection? Be
0: honest, yes or no? Uh, no, because I'm I'm <laughs> in the presence of you two you over here. So no, probably not. I'm just asking. That's a fair. But hey, question. it's early on. We're only we're only in the first what twenty minutes of the show. So let's. <laughs> let 's not get crazy, maybe, maybe so don 't know what is your
1: type by the way, I never asked you that like Chris, like when you see these all these women at sapphire they 're absolutely beautiful by the way, okay they 're unbelievably beautiful. What is your type of woman? I never
0: even asked you i 've known you for like eight years yeah. i 've never asked you that question tall short. it 's a pretty easy answer i I like everything that 's usually not blonde hair blue eye like myself really? I, I'm, 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 I'm big into really I'm big into brunette i 'm big into ethnic i 'm big into everything fair that's enough. not uh you know, uh, like Barbie style, basically. You, you do yeah, not—that's so that's kind of my
1: thing. You do not see anything like this in most other places in the world. We're talking about one of the nicest gentlemen uh, clubs in the world, not just Las Vegas. We're also yeah. talking about a pool day spa, whatever you want to call it. Where great food, great drinks, and you have unbelievably hot women walking around half naked while we're doing a radio show. Uh, it, I don't know. I feel like I'm in an adult playpen right now. I really do. And now I saw I just saw like eight men walk in. They look like a scene from Pulp Fiction, you know. Remember when Travolta and Samuel Jackson are wearing those clothes and Tarantino says, you look like a bunch of tourists. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> These guys yeah. walk in there and then you have like some of the most beautiful women I've ever seen half
0: naked walking around. It's just very funny. I love this atmosphere. So Brian, when I see some of the people walking right now, you, this is what the draft is about. Okay? That's right. This, it's not about the athletes, right? It's not even about the former NFL players. To me, me it's about the entourages right it's yeah. about the guys it's about your boys and and your girls and your fr- your friends from college that get a chance to come here and hang out in vegas and this is going to be you know uh, a, a type of event today here at the sapphire day Bay pool that is going to be uh reminiscent of that look uh, th- I, the pool's been here i think for a couple of years I, th- there, it's, it's it's the grand opening was last night right for yeah, this season correct but i think it's been here for a couple of years so i'm uh, the pool, so i the kind pool. of feel the pride that i haven't actually had a chance to come down here and enjoy the atmosphere so the pool at opened, this establishment the
1: pool opened last week uh, this is week number two, but they're usually, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they're open Saturdays and Sundays, but the reason why they're open today, not just because of us, we're not that important, mm. but uh, because of NFL Draft Week, because of NFL Draft Week, and they're opening up on Friday, and let's be honest, for the most part, this is kind of the start of the pool season these next couple weeks, and, you know, i got to tell you, i got to be honest with you, I was just telling uh, our producer, Rick, that uh, I've been to a lot of pools in Las Vegas uh, as far as a gentleman's club pool, th- uh, I mean, this is—I've—I've I've never seen anything better. This place is unbelievable. It's so nice, uh, and you know, I look at there's like a VIP area. There's a hot tub up there. I know Chris is going to be mingling up there with all the dancers uh, coming up here in a little bit. I know that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. But uh, you know, it's just incredible. Uh, you know, you don't really see this anywhere else. Uh, it, it's just an unbelievable atmosphere, and it's just all about everybody coming out having a good time. Hey, everybody! If you're working right now. Tell your boss, I'm leaving, I'm going to the topless pool at Sapphire, and there's nothing you can do about it. Now, if you get fired, I'm not going to be held responsible for that. Okay? It's not my fault. No. Uh, enter at your own risk. But you know, if you have to work, uh, take the day off. Come out to Sapphire. It's so awesome. We're talking some football. We're broadcasting live here. Uh, and by the way, if you're coming out here, you don't want to park in the front of
0: Sapphire. You want to park in the back where the pool is. Yeah, uh, I made that mistake, Shaft. So did I. <laughs> I made the mistake, and, and, and the, it was hilarious because the attendant's like, you know what, you can walk over there if you want, but it's kind of far. I'm like, okay, no, 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 I'll drive. Yeah, I was, uh, I was like, I'll drive. I
2: made that mistake
0: as well. You know, there's a lot of things uh, to get to to talk about. We have Marcus mm-hmm. Banks, former NBA
1: player, to talk some hoops. But I just want to, before we get back to the NFL stuff, I have to ask. I know there's some people listening right now that are Utah Jazz fans. I am not one of them. Are you surprised at all that the Dallas Mavericks took care of business on the road last night in game six when Utah has a must-win game? What do you make of that situation? And now there are rumors that uh – their coach is gone and could be the next Lakers coach. What do you make of that whole series?
0: Luka Doncic coming back and Dallas Mavericks taking care of business on the road in Game Six. I don't think "surprise" is a word I'd use. Absolutely not, especially that Luka Doncic was back in the mix and was able to play in the mm-hmm. game last night. Now it was a pretty competitive matchup. I think they're pretty close, pretty close teams competitively when you're talking about Utah and and uh, and Dallas. And uh, you know, nice combination with Brunson and uh, and obviously and obviously Luka there for the Mavericks now. Uh, a little surprised that Utah was not able to come out on top at home in that game, right? And especially having Mitchell back in the mix for the. Can I ask you that? That was a big a big key. But can
1: I, can I ask you about Conley real quick? Since, yeah. since you're on that, uh, mm-hmm. Conley's a max player. I've always yeah. liked Conley, but you have the basketball with under 20 seconds left. You're the, a star veteran. You're a max player. Mm-hmm. You turn the ball over. Yeah. The loss is not on Conley. However, if you're a max player and you're a guard and you're supposed to be good with the ball, you can't travel with 20 seconds left. It's one thing if you miss a shot. But it's another thing when you turn the ball over and travel. And I thought that, that's a mistake that Conley cannot make there. Well, I know I know that Begdanovich missed the three, a wide open three. You, you
0: you probably need to make that shot, but Conley turning the ball over to me was unacceptable. Well you're talking about a guy making thirty million plus a year. Right. You're not supposed to make mistakes in moments right. like that right. in the playoffs. That's right? my point. So yes, I was kind of surprised by that. Yeah. But uh, that being said, I mean it, the game was going down the game was down to the wire anyway. Between those two teams, I'll re- re- reiterate what I just said. I thought they're they're two teams that are very competitive, right? I think they're pretty much evenly matched. Do I put them in the same realm of the likes of the Phoenix Suns or the or the or the Golden State Warriors in the West? No, I think that they're two teams that. Uh, that are are solid, but I'm not gonna. I don't put them as Western Conference, you know, championship contenders in my, yeah. my in my humble opinion. Now the Mavericks, you know, coming out of the series, look, I think they can be dangerous and maybe can throw a monkey wrench in the situation. But at this point, I still have the Golden State Warriors and, and the, the Phoenix Suns as clearly the top two teams in that conference. Yeah, I, I tend to agree on that one. My Celtics uh, are, are
1: looking pretty good uh, against that uh, series that, that that took place in, in against uh, the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. The Celtics really dominated, winning that series 4-0. That was shocking. So while I'm speaking to Chris right now, let me do a little bit of play-by-play of what's going on behind me here. I've, I've alluded to it a little bit here, but I want to uh, be a little bit more specific. As I look 20 feet behind you, Chris – I see a beautiful blonde woman, uh, uh, absolutely beautiful, topless, standing about 20 feet from you. Uh, I see women walking around cocktail servers wearing thongs. Uh, Chris didn't wear his today. I did uh, yeah. uh, These are, can, can I just, I, I'm at a lost words. These are uh, some of the most beautiful women I've ever, I've ever seen in my life. And they're half naked, and they're walking around, and I'm talking football with Chris. I I can't say I've ever been in a situation like this before. This is, as Chris said, this is a very unique situation. I've never done a radio show. Uh, By the way, I'm not complaining. As I see another woman walking by me right now, she's wearing what appears to be looking like the Borat outfit that Borat wore. Only she's a hot chick. She's not Borat. Uh, (laughs) I see these, I I mean... I don't know. It's just it's just such a unique experience here, and only in Las Vegas do you get to experience something like this before. So how do you react to something like this? As a heterosexual male, uh, not that there's anything wrong with if you like the other sex, I don't care, but as a heterosexual male, as I'm w- looking at these unbelievably beautiful women walk by, and then I look at you, all due respect to you, Chris, but this is just, it's difficult for me. I'm, that's all I'm saying. It's difficult <laughs> for me to focus. It's difficult for me to concentrate. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, am I wrong? I mean, I don't know. It's very difficult for me.
0: You seem very bewildered and uh, and baffled by the atmosphere that you are presently in here and trying to actually be professional and do a radio show. I'm it's trying. i got to be honest, Brian. It's pretty, pretty impressive that you're able to kind of keep your train of thought and uh, keep powering forward when it comes to the radio aspect given the atmosphere that we are currently in. I keep thinking to myself, I keep having a revelation I'm thinking as I see these beautiful ladies Roll by, and then uh, I see a, a, a lot of I mean, let's be let's be honest about it. Kind of like average-looking dudes like us <laughs> that are piling in here right now, right? I just keep thinking about uh, you know what. I do go to the gym on occasion. I know Brian; it doesn't look like I'm someone that does uh, make a gym run here and there. But yes, I do. are not on the front And of I keep Fitness thinking magazine. to myself, Brian. I keep thinking to myself, you know what? I probably see a lot of these women when I'm at LVAC every 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 uh, couple days a week. Okay, yes, I'm going yes. to I'll pop up my numbers when it comes to my trips to the gym. But I probably see a lot of these women when I'm actually at the gym. And now I'm having the uh, I'm I'm having uh, you know a big time moment where I'm seeing these. and I'm like, hey, what's going on? So as so like, as
1: we're on the air right now, I see one very attractive lady uh, with what would yeah. you call that a, a water squirt?
0: gun. It's a super soaker. It's I say it. it's a huge. It's a so, it's a big time. It's a big time <laughs> squirt gun. So That's used. She has a and, uh, super yeah.
1: soaker gun, and we have a bottle of uh, vodka that was just uh, served. No, it looks like
0: it's tequila, uh, actually, yeah. Beautiful
1: lady that is serving us I think right I'm now. thinking tequila, maybe. Yeah, I don't yeah. know exactly what it is, but a beautiful lady that is uh, concocting a drink for us right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, topless. Did I say that already? Topless. Uh, so, like I said, this is a very unique experience, Chris. And, by the way, if you're just joining us, we were at Sapphire Pool. Uh, It is Friday afternoon. Come on down. Say hello. We're going to be broadcasting here live, normal hours of Pushing the Limits, noon to 2. We have some very, very, very special guests that are going to be coming up later on in the program. Coming up here in just a few minutes, we're going to be joined by the former mayor of Las Vegas, Oscar Goodman. We've got former NBA player and UNLV standout Marcus Banks. And, Chris, why don't you
0: mention our third guest, uh, who I know you're a fan of, as am I. (laughs) Comedian and actor Brian Callum is going to be here. He is doing a stand-up act this weekend here in Las Vegas at Wise Guys here in town. Yes. Uh, he's been in a, a number of big-time movies, my favorite being, of course, Old School with, yes. Will, with uh, Will Ferrell yeah. and, uh, and a, 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 just a classic flick that he is in. So uh, he's a pretty outspoken guy on a number of topics. He's in all kinds of stuff. So, so
1: while we cannot show nudity, <laughs> I want you to order a drink live right now. There's a beautiful lady here who is topless. She's absolutely beautiful. Uh, Even though we can't show her... Uh, I want I want you to order a drink right now. What type of drink would you like this lovely lady to make? for I like right tequila now? and OJ.
0: Yes. actually, is my is my OJ. Thing. She, he likes the juice. I like a little it. Okay, vitamin like C it. with my uh, with my booze.
1: I gotta tell you something. <laughs> I, I gotta be honest with you. Uh, uh, every time I'm out with Chris and he orders drinks, uh, I'm not paying attention. I'm paying attention now. I'm watching you make this drink. this for the first time ever. I'm actually paying attention to Chris ordering a drink and watching you make it. A uh, Very beautiful lady making a drink. So
0: for- it's a little bit different <laughs> setup, right, Brian? than when if we're at the at the center bar at yes. Red Rock, you know, and we're getting a drink and we're watching some sporting event, and now we're here at the uh, Sapphire Day, Pool Day Club and uh, it's a little bit different atmosphere here. Yeah. We yeah. can't
1: show any boobs on uh, we can't, on our live. I wish we could, by the way, but we yeah. can't. You're very beautiful. Thank you very much. Uh, by the way, I just have a Coca-Cola. That's all That's all I have right now. Alright, so Chris, here's what we're going to do. We are going to take a break.
3: Hold and, on, hold on. I have a question.
1: And, and uh, when we come back, wait, is that wait, Justin? That's me.
2: The, uh, that's second. me.
0: Question. Go ahead, Justin.
2: When did yes. they get Caveman Kino at LVAC.
4: <laughs>
0: that's a good they, I don't You know, know what? You're coming up with great ideas every single day, <laughs> Nunchuck. That's one that needs to be implemented without question. You're getting me. There's a guy that's so there's a guy walking boy
1: in a wife beater shirt that just was wearing the shirt. Let's go, Brandon. I would love to interview him if you'd like to find him, uh, maybe later on in the program, but not right now. Uh, that was a very good. Oh boy! By the way, uh, Brian Shapiro is a big by. time.
0: He, he's a big time fan of the beautiful Asian ladies, and uh, one just happened to stroll by right now, and it is. Uh, yeah.
3: Oh, I, I saw how that how, face. I
0: don't. Yeah, I don't know how you still even was, talking uh, right now. Yeah. I don't even know how he can still form a sentence. Can, what, let me put after it, what just walked by, numchuk, Chuck. Let me put and, it, uh, <laughs> pushing the limits, faithful out there. I don't even know how Shapiro can even talk right now. Ladies
1: and gentlemen, let me just put it to you this way. After the show, I'm going to have to take a nice cold shower. Uh, Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break. On that note, what a segue. Uh, The former mayor of Las Vegas is going to be joining us, my friend Oscar Goodman. Uh, Oscar is uh, certainly someone that that I I look forward to talking to, not just about where we're at right now, but uh, the NFL draft. I do believe Oscar Goodman is a big reason why we have an NFL team here why we have an NHL team here and why eventually we all know it it's coming. We're going to get a Major League Baseball team here uh, and an NBA team. So we'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You are listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Friday. We are broadcasting live from the Sapphire Pool. Oh, boy, we're having a lot of fun, ladies and gentlemen. I want to tell you about uh, my friend Brian Slipok? runs Jackson's Bar & Grill, located on Flamingo & Jones. I was just there the other day, actually. You walk in there, you mention my name and the name of the show. You get $10 free slot play, 100 points, you get $20 free slot play, and they're giving out gas cards this month. Uh, it really is awesome. Uh, great food, great atmosphere, great bartenders. Chris knows exactly what I'm talking about, Jackson's Bar & Grill. We've been going there for years, actually. And I uh, love it. Lo- love that place. Check them out. As I mentioned, we are here at Sapphire Pool. Being topless is optional. And uh, this is so Vegas. I love Vegas. And we're talking about the NFL draft. And the guy we have with us on the line right now, even though he's a modest man, I will tell you he's one of the main reasons why we have the Vegas Golden Knights. We have the Raiders. We're eventually going to get an NBA team and a Major League Baseball team. Of course, of course I'm talking about... One of my favorite people in Las Vegas, former mayor of Las Vegas, Oscar Goodman, who joins us right now on the line. Oscar, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Good, Brian. How are you doing? Oscar, are you there? I'm here. Uh-oh, I don't hear Oscar. Uh-oh. Oh, there you oh, are. Go. There you are. I got you, Oscar. How you doing? Oh,
5: okay, fine. I, I, yeah, look, I, I know... Uh, your attention is elsewhere. <laughs> uh, You're right about that. Uh, 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 no, attention is optional as well. And uh, I, I know you have a wandering eye, and I just hope that everybody in your contingent there is uh, behaving themselves. It's a beautiful day here in Las Vegas. The weather is absolutely gorgeous, but you guys haven't noticed that at all, which is Not incredible. Really. <laughs> you don't know a damn. You don't know a damn thing about the draft. You have your mind on only one thing and it ain't football. <laughs>
1: that you might be true. I am thinking about scoring a touchdown, but not a football touchdown, Oscar. Oh
5: um, boy, that <laughs> oh boy. It's a good thing we're not talking about baseball. You you'd be looking for a grand slam or something like that. <laughs>
4: You're right about that. Hey
5: Right. You, uh, is is the pool is the pool crowded?
1: It is there, Oscar. I got to tell you, there are beautiful women everywhere. It is unbelievable. You've been to the Sapphire Pool before. What do you remember about I this have, place?
5: I, I, well, uh, on a professional basis, of course. <laughs> of <laughs> I mean, course. I my, my, <laughs> my disguises uh, ran out uh, after the FBI stopped following me in the old days. So, uh,
4: Oscar, I, like this. I, I
5: know. Uh, I know when I was lucky, and uh, it's so great that we're able to talk this way and uh, <laughs> among friends. And not have anybody listen to our conversation. Yeah, that's a, It's true. a beautiful thing.
1: But, Oscar, isn't it so Las Vegas, though? Everyone's just enjoying themselves, having a great time. You know, well, I
5: think it's perfect. I, yeah. I honest to goodness think it's perfect. I wish I were there with you. Last time I was over there, it was so much fun. Uh, I, I tell the story that I was the mayor at the time, uh-huh. and uh, the, the only duty that I was ever asked to perform uh, on, uh, by the marshals who uh, would drive me from place to places. Uh, they would beg me uh, to appear at Sapphires uh, for uh, this interview. And uh, it, was, it was like uh, uh, most people uh, It would be on overtime, and, and most people would ask for time and a half. These guys, these guys were paying time and a half uh, uh, to, to, to uh, be my bodyguards. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, nobody cared about my body at all.
4: And, okay, uh,
1: well, hold on a second. When you are Oscar Goodman, when you were in your early mid twenties, late twenties, early thirties, uh, I would have Did you do? Th- did you go to the pools? Did you show off your body at all? I want to know. Did Oscar? Oh, Goodman you ever know,
5: do that? Uh, I'll tell you something. I, I tried a case uh, down in Jacksonville, Florida. It was a, a very rough case, <laughs> representing a, a gambler uh, from uh, Las Vegas uh, who was charged with killing a federal judge down there. Who? And uh, uh, I was staying at a hotel which was across the street well, the street across the river, the St. John's River, uh, from the courthouse and the jail. And I it would have all my books with me, and I would walk back and forth over the bridge uh, uh, in the morning, and then uh, for lunch, and then back in the evening. And uh, I was down there for nine weeks, and I came home, and I uh, just had a key to the house. And I walked in, my wife started screaming, wanted to know who this uh, invader was. I mean, <laughs> she was scared to death. She says, Where's my husband? Where's my husband? <laughs> I said I'm your husband. She <laughs> says, "No, you're not. You're buff." <laughs> the story's in guy love is. with me again. I, and by I the had way, muscles uh, on top of muscles, of course. I, <laughs> Oscar, I, I showed them off.
1: <laughs> Oscar Goodman's, by the way, lovely wife happens to be Carolyn Goodman, the mm-hmm. mayor of, uh, of course, of Las Vegas, and we'll get to that. But Oscar, I want to talk to you about the NFL draft. You know, I say this all the time about you because you know you were mainly responsible for bringing the NBA All-Star Weekend here and really getting the ball rolling with professional teams. What do you make of what has taken place over the last 24, 48 hours with NFL Draft Weekend? I just think this is so great for Las Vegas. What are your thoughts on that?
5: It is great for Las Vegas. I was watching it at home. I, I liked the comfort of my home and I had my gin with me, and I was hoping that the 68th pick by the uh, the Raiders would uh, turn into the 34th pick if I drank enough, but that did not take place. and uh, I, I was watching uh, the... the the background that was being televised, I assume, internationally, uh, highlighting Las Vegas's downtown, uh, the strip, uh, the, uh, the crowd, uh, the joy, the happiness, uh, it was awesome for us. And couldn't get better publicity than that if we paid billions of dollars, uh, yeah. which uh, uh, I think we may have, I'm not sure. But uh, I think it's well worth it when everything was positive went off without a hitch, weather was gorgeous, the music was great, the players were cool, the entertainment was terrific, the announcers were wonderful. It was just an outstanding event, and it's going to last for another two days, and uh, probably thereafter, because when people stay in Las Vegas three, four days, they don't want to ever leave. So they, we may have you know hundreds of thousands of people just hanging around, uh, uh, waiting for next year's draft.
1: No question. It's great for the economy. It's great for Las Vegas. Now, you haven't always seen eye-to-eye with Roger Goodell, right? And Roger Goodell no, has I, not- I,
5: I don't like Roger Goodell. I, I didn't like uh, Paul Maglabeau. As a matter of fact, I don't like anything about the NFL other than Mark Davis, uh, who's the owner of uh, the, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, uh, we had uh, a, um, I, I was When I was the mayor, I also was the chairman of the convention authority. And uh, we had a wonderful ad. It had nothing... Not that there's anything wrong with advertising gaming, but uh, this particular ad was a beautiful ad uh, showing the background of Las Vegas, the beautiful hotels, and uh, the eateries, and uh, a beautiful woman getting out of a car. And They, they were selling their uh, uh, halftime ads for, I think, uh, $2.5 million for 30 seconds. And we wanted to purchase uh, the, the time to show that ad during halftime, and they turned it down, and I went bonkers. I mean, they came with the phony excuse. They don't want to have anything to do with gambling. I'm saying to myself, this is the most dysfunctional league in the world. They don't want to have anything to do with gambling. I didn't want to have anything to do with them, but I wanted the ad to be played, so I went on every TV network, uh, every uh, radio program uh, uh, for about a week and a half, and all I did was talk about Talk about this ad, and uh, whenever I talked about it, it, was shown to the listening audience. And we, I understand we got about twenty-five million dollars worth of free publicity without paying for it. Just when uh, I was knocking uh, the N- NFL, and uh, uh, because of the ad, that they wouldn't play. Wow! Yeah, Oster, you but gotta they, be astounded. You- uh, look, and now they want to be our partner. <laughs> uh, now, now they want to make uh, everything better. Uh, I, I don't forget anything. Uh, they treated us like we were second-class citizens, and now they come to us hat in hand. Uh, they'll, they'll never be able to replicate uh, this draft again uh, the way it's done in Las Vegas. And, what would you say uh, to the, Roger the,
1: Goodell? What would you say to Roger
5: Goodell if, if uh, I, I would
1: say you're an idiot.
5: <laughs> I would say you're a stone moron. You don't have any vision, uh, and you, you're just a, a copycat with all this stuff. That Vegas is a sin city and a bad place. Uh, They love it here. The players love coming here. The coaches love coming here. You know, uh, Goodell and Tackley, they work for the owners. The owners, uh, I have to believe, are so happy uh, that uh, uh, the decision was made to have these events here in Las Vegas because the owners come, and they have a good time. I don't know anybody who comes uh, who is not a misanthrope who doesn't have a great time.
1: No, I'm with you, obviously. 100%. Go ahead, Chris.
0: Yeah, I was just going to kind of expand on that with 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 Oscar Goodman because Oscar, you you've been in contact and dealt with all of the professional leagues, right? I mean, you're someone who's been, been yes, very that, very that, much a proponent that, of trying to bring uh, bring uh, all the uh major professional sports here to town. So, that, I, I, yeah, I, that was
5: one of that was one of my goals and uh, ultimately, uh, fortunately, my wife has been more successful than I was. I I was not uh, I was not successful, I I made the pitch. I made the play. But Carolyn uh, brought the bacon home. And uh, she's the one who really sealed the deal with all of these teams. And uh, she hasn't stopped. She doesn't quit. Uh, She's uh, uh, constantly uh, in touch with uh, Adam Silver, uh, who is the commissioner of the NBA, uh, and uh, speaks to Manfred, the commissioner of Major League Baseball. And um, uh, look. She's a lot prettier than I am. As a matter of fact, uh, I would not allow her to go to the uh, um, Sapphire because she uh, the, the girls would be jealous of her. Not of just her intellect, but I, I challenge uh, one lady there to have nicer looking legs than my wife
1: but one thing i've always there's a lot of things i like about Oscar. but one of these things i love is like you didn't care you'd walk around with your martinis and beautiful women you just were a great you still are a great champion for the city of las vegas do you feel like there are so many not just mayors but just politicians in general that hold things close to their chest and they don't be who they are and they're afraid to say what they want and and just enjoy life because they're afraid it might upset somebody you feel that way
5: well uh who are they going to upset There, uh, what uh, a couple of people who wake up in the morning and they hate everything uh, uh, they don't need their votes but uh, there's more important things than being elected you have to get up every every day and when you leave the house you say carpe diem seize the day yeah um, uh, life is short uh, make sure you squeeze every good thing out of it and that's right. the way i live i've always lived that way and uh uh, there are more important things than being elected to office, but you would never know it. These people, you don't know whether they're telling the truth, whether they're lying. They change their story every day. Uh, I, I didn't have to worry about it because I always told the same thing over and over again. <laughs> what I what I believe was uh, the truth.
4: Yeah,
1: yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, I agree with you, and uh, that's what I've always loved about you. So, Oscar, I got to ask you then: When the heck are we going to get an NBA team? What What have you ever heard about that? And, and what is the latest? What can you tell us?
5: I, I can't, I can't say because I'm in a very difficult position here. Yeah. Uh, I'm married to the mayor, and I overhear conversations. But there's an understanding uh, because I do uh, drink to excess, and uh, sometimes I don't remember what I say. Uh, that I not <laughs> talk about any of her business. So uh, I am forbidden by the mayor uh, uh, discussing uh, uh, major league sports and particularly the NBA. But the truth of the matter is, uh, she tells me uh, publicly. Uh, that uh, it's inevitable and it's going to happen sooner than later.
1: Yeah, and I, I believe that that to be the case. What, what do you make if I had told you 10 years ago that sports betting would pretty much be legal everywhere in the country? Uh, you mentioned it yourself that, oh, Vegas, sports betting, it's, it's, it's this, it's that, it's bad for, bad for sports, it's bad for football, and now all of a sudden, Oscar, just pretty much everywhere in the country, sports betting is legal.
5: Not only is it legal, but uh, all of these uh, uh, franchises want to partner up uh, with uh, uh, the uh, uh, the betting parlors, um, and become one. Uh, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, where uh, you can go into a uh, casino and you could bet on anything in places that we never even dreamed existed. That was interested in sports, and uh, I, I, I have my own uh, philosophy about this. I think that every major league sport, <laughs> every college that engages in NC two way activities uh, should uh, get on their knees every single night and thank the good Lord that there is Nevada and Nevada has the regulatory agencies and the system to make sure that everybody's getting an honest shake uh, as far as their betting is concerned. Uh, no other, no other place can make that uh, claim because they haven't, been doing it long enough and, and most of the expertise remains here in las vegas so they should be very happy that las vegas is uh, uh, looking over uh, everybody's shoulder and protecting everybody and the player feels very comfortable when they go into place a wager uh, i uh, i'm a i'm a dog player now that's not the the dogs that have four legs and run but <laughs> I, I i can't bet a favorite i always bet the underdog and even though i lose most of my bets i i believe that I'm getting the best of it because I picked a side just because I'm dumb doesn't make uh, them crooked. (laughs) Uh, But if, uh, if I were dumb and they were crooked, uh, I would not be as rich as I am.
0: On the sports betting front there, Oscar, of course, you talked about it. Look, imagine this. Six, seven, eight years ago, there wasn't professional sports as far as the major sports leagues at all here in Las Vegas. And now, next season, to your point about the sports gaming companies and their their affinities now with the major, uh, major league sports program that Vegas Golden Knights will have circus sports on their jerseys for every single game next year. Isn't that that amazing, Oscar? It is amazing. The transformation and the acceptance. uh, uh, Before
5: before that uh, attitude was adopted, Mm -hmm. uh, it was so hypocritical because, you know, if the Knicks had a decent basketball team, uh, there would would be more bets in Madison Square Garden than in all the – uh, on, the, on the games uh, than all the books combined. Uh, but um, uh, they, they don't look at it realistically. They pretend yeah. that uh, everything's on the up and up. I could tell you one place where it's on the up and up, and that's Las Vegas. Yeah. And uh, the, the player gets the best of it because the player chooses the side. And if they, uh, uh, they want to play, they know they're in an honest game. They're not going to get knocked over the head or have their knees broken to pay a debt.
1: Yeah. yeah, and I'm with you. By the way, if you're just joining us, he is the former mayor of Las Vegas, Oscar Goodman. Of course, his beautiful wife, Carolyn Goodman, uh, is doing a wonderful job as mayor, and we're here at Sapphire Pool. Oscar knows this place pretty well.
0: Uh, so, Oscar, Well, what
5: not do you- that well. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, not that well. My wife just, no, Shapiro, my you're
0: wife making it sound like he's a regular in. here or
5: something. Yeah, like, I'm not a regular. My <laughs> wife may be a regular, but I'm not a regular.
1: Fair enough. By the way, Oscar's uh, restaurant downtown, the Steakhouse, uh, Beef, Booze, and Broads, is fantastic. I was there a few weeks ago. Uh, tell me a little bit more about uh, your restaurant, because for people that uh, maybe a have never been there. It's a great
5: restaurant, uh, <laughs> terrific food, uh, great chef, uh, great bartenders. It's the kind of place where people can hear each other talk and uh, there's a great uh, conviviality there and very collegial uh, waiters and wait staff and uh, the steaks are second to none um i like the bone-in ribeye myself uh carolyn uh she'll uh, take a, a uh, new york steak and uh she'll eat uh, half of it and says, take the rest home and we would have it for breakfast the next morning and then we'd have it for lunch the next afternoon and then we have it for dinner the next night they're so big and they're so delicious uh, that um, we keep on going back to the restaurant that bears my name, and it's a fun place. <laughs> it's a place that has all the memorabilia of like, uh, 35 years of actively practicing uh, criminal law and uh, 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 representing alleged mobsters, and now we have the latest. We have a statue of myself and Tony Spalacho, who was portrayed by Joe Pesci in the movie Casino uh, at the entry when you walk into the restaurant. Uh, you see him and myself in, in conversation. It's called uh, good counsel, and uh, everybody is uh, rubbing uh, uh, Spalachos' uh, head and my head for good luck. And yeah. it's just a a fun place. It really is. It's it's great, and uh, I I yeah. think I may even uh, sneak down there over the weekend. And but it's hard to get a seat now because uh, there's so many people That's in true. town and it's, it's jammed. But. Uh, we'll, we'll get anybody in yeah. there who wants to go there.
1: Absolutely. So, Oscar, I want to ask you one more question. Obviously, you were in the iconic movie, Casino. Uh, our next guest coming up here in a couple minutes is Brian Collin. Of course, The Hangover, is, is it's an iconic Vegas movie. I'm just curious, what are some of your favorite Vegas movies besides Casino? What did you think about The Hangover? There's been so many movies that have been filmed here in Las Vegas.
5: Oh, I I think uh, Las Vegas is a great town for movies. Uh, It's interesting that my wife was able to get uh, a lot of money set aside so we would become the movie capital of the world. But uh, the governor at the time, Governor Sandoval, he took it away and gave it to Elon Musk in order to make batteries. I can't figure that one out. but uh, It's ridiculous, but that's neither here nor there. Who am I to talk about a guy who just paid Forty-three billion dollars for something that I don't even understand. That's
1: true. That's true. Yeah, that is that is very true. Twitter and that. But all... the, the, thing, the
5: thing about Oscars is it's uh, uh, different than any, any other place in town. It really is an all-time Las Vegas place, both as far as the feel is concerned and the atmosphere. And it's palpable. It's like old Vegas, and you just love yeah. being there because it's like. Being back here in the 60s and 70s and 80s.
1: Sure, and no question. Hey, Oscar, (laughs) you're always so generous with your time. You've been doing my show for God knows how many years now. I just want to... Well,
5: you're great. You're you're the best uh, there is as far as radio is concerned. Wow. Next time you're down at the the restaurant, give me a call. I'll come down and I'll buy you one of my... uh, Bombay Bombay Sapphire Martinis with the uh, Jalapeno. I
1: would love to do that, Oscar. We have to have that drink. You're always so generous with your time. Please send your wife my regards. I love you guys. I I really do. Thank you, Oscar, for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys.
5: Thank you very much. Thank Bye. you so
1: much. That is the former mayor of Las Vegas, Oscar Goodman. There is so much going on here right now, Chris. As I speak, we have a movie star in front of us. He's going to be joining us in a couple minutes. Brian Cowan, uh, who has been in so many great movies, including The Hangover, uh, Old School. <laughs> the guy's great. We have the golf guru here, Dennis Silvers. Yes. We've got Mac Miller here. Uh, there's so many. like you got pe- a uh,
0: <laughs> nice uh, plethora and uh, smorgasbord of uh, individuals Surrounding the table right now, Brian, <laughs> without question, and it's and right now I got I'm not I got I'm not going to lie to the PTL audience out there. Yes. It's a little sensory overload for Shapiro right now going on. There's a lot of Sapphire Daypool.
1: There's a lot going on right now. By the way, I always how about Oscar Goodman calling the commissioner of the NFL an idiot live on radio? <laughs> I mean that doesn't happen very often. That was certainly interesting. Uh, pretty wild stuff. Hey, can you give Dennis? Uh, Give Dennis the microphone for a moment. Yeah. Hey, golf guru, turn around. Hey, uh, hey, Silver's. Because, because, so if you don't know, if you don't know who Dennis Silver's is, he's been covering the PGA Tour for a very long time. He's not paying attention. I can tell yeah. you, Dennis is the kind of guy that will hit on every single woman imaginable. There are topless women everywhere, so I don't know how Dennis is going to be able to behave himself today. Uh, as I mentioned, we also have Mac Miller, uh, who's running for office, uh, secretary of state here in Las Vegas. He's here as well. We are at the Sapphire Pool. If you're wondering, the noise in the background. Uh, Uh, It is one of the nicest pools and one of the nicest gentlemen's clubs I've ever seen. Uh, Beautiful women everywhere, uh, Chris, and I'm sure you would agree with me on that one. And why are they open on a Friday? Well, besides the fact that the the weather's beautiful here and uh, there's beautiful people all over the place, it's also NFL Draft Week here in Las Vegas. I never thought I would say that, uh, at least not this soon anyway. And the the fact that we have an NFL team here. uh, What do you make, though, of what Oscar Goodman, our
0: former mayor, his criticisms of Roger Goodell—that was interesting. You don't get that every day, do you? No, that was a little bit uh, surprising. But he, he's the kind of guy he always his opinion—he lays it out on his sleeve, right? He's—he's he's not somebody that's going to hold back, even—even even though you know, look. I would look at it more in a, in a perspective of, look, it's water under the bridge, right, Oscar? I mean, let it go. I mean, now I mean, it's more accepting now when it comes to professional sports in Vegas. It's a thing now, right? It just it wasn't. And he, he made the comment saying, you know, I failed when it came to bringing sports to Vegas. I absolutely flat out disagree with Oscar. I yeah. thought he was instrumental. And bringing professional He's very sports a lot yeah. of it's about timing, right, Brian? When it comes to professional sports and getting a franchise in, into a brand new city, it's a lot about timing. So I would not put that on Oscar Goodman whatsoever that uh, that he failed when it came to. I thought he was a, a big time proponent and someone who was very important in bringing a, a team and 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 quite frankly, an event like this weekend. Look, every weekend in Vegas is big when it comes to sports, right? Yep. There's usually big. There's going to be a big time fight uh, coming up tomorrow night with the Shakur fight. You've got the uh, MMA yep. event going up. Yep. You've got all the the playoff action, all kind of stuff going. Every weekend is like that in Vegas. Mm-hmm. This weekend, of course, is special as you pointed out because you have an event as big as the NFL Draft, which has never been here, and uh, quite frankly, it's very rare. I think it's the first time it's ever been on the West Coast. The actual NFL Draft has been on the West Coast yep. is here in Las Vegas, so that's uh, kind of you know kind of spearheaded why this is such a special weekend in Las Vegas. And uh, yeah, it's just kind of getting getting kicked off really in in uh, earnest style on a Friday afternoon okay. here at uh, Sapphire. So, so Chris, going I'm going to be honest with you, okay?
1: Uh, <laughs> back in the day, this was maybe about 13 or 14 years ago, I was working overnights at a station that I will not share. Yeah. I'm going to share a very unprofessional story on the radio live right now, and it reminds me of what we're doing right now. We're being professional, but it reminds <laughs> me. I was dating a beautiful woman. It was an overnight shift. I, was, I, I wasn't feeling great. So my girlfriend at the time shows up, and she takes her top off while I'm doing a newscast, okay? She tried to distract me. Now, she was my girlfriend. It was a little distracting. I'll be honest. It was a little distracting, but it didn't work. I was still able to get through the newscast. It didn't work, okay? I got to be honest with you. This is more difficult for me, what I'm dealing with right now. Not in a bad way, in a good way. There are beautiful women everywhere. Uh, Don't get me wrong. Looking at Chris Wynn is very distracting. uh, (laughs) But there are some of the most beautiful women I have ever seen in my life I've seen some beautiful women they have I haven't dated them but I've seen them these women are walking around and they're serving us okay I'm sorry am, am I wrong here help me out here because some of these women walking around are, are just unbelievably hot and they're half naked. And I'm doing a radio show, and I'm having a lot of fun
0: doing it. Don't get me wrong, but sometimes it's tough to focus. That's all I'm saying. Well, here's the deal: we live <laughs> in Las Vegas, Brian. Okay, it is a it's it's a, a perk that we have here in this town. Look, I'm not I'm not I'm someone who you're someone who grew up in Connecticut. Right. I'm from Michigan. Okay. There's not a lot of uh, climates or atmospheres right. in those places that are going to rival right. the, the type of developing situation that we have here here at the Sapphire Day Club pool. Uh, on a Friday afternoon in, yep. in, in April, I mean, it's just flat out outstanding. Okay, I would it's look great. at it as outstanding as yep. a lot of us would, as you would, and uh, yeah, and uh, yes. And it's uh, we have a very eclectic uh, group of individuals that are here, so uh, partaking. So coming up here in just a few minutes, <laughs> yep. we're going to take a break, Chris. And when we
1: come back, we're going to introduce everybody that's here. We're going to have some fun. We got some very special guests here. The guy that's coming up next, you've seen him in The Hangover One and Two. He was one of the original guys from Mad TV. He is a headliner. He is a very funny comedian. And he's been in some of my favorite movies of all yeah. time, right? I, I mentioned The Hangover 1 and 2. He was also in the movie Old School, one of my favorite movies of all time. Of course, I'm talking about the very funny and talented Brian Callen, comedian and actor. He is here. He is performing in Las Vegas this weekend, and he's going to be joining us next. Of course, he is Chris Wynn. We've got some other special guests. Marcus Banks is going to be joining us a little bit later on in the program as well. We may have one of these lovely ladies to talk to as well, yeah. Chris. They're going to be forced to talk to us now. That, that That's the good <laughs> thing. A hot woman is going to be forced to talk to you and me. That that doesn't happen very often. But anyway, we're having a lot of fun. We're at Sapphire Pool. We're going to take a quick break. And as I mentioned, when we come back, the very funny actor and comedian, Brian Cowan, is going to be joining us next. Take a quick break. Be back right after this. You are listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Friday, NFL Week. We're here at the Sapphire Pool. It's a tough job, but somebody has to do it. Half-naked women everywhere. Uh, What what an atmosphere. It's crazy. Now, anybody who knows me knows I love a good time. I love going to shows, comedy shows. We had T.J. Miller in studio a few weeks ago. I had Pauly Shore in uh, last month. I love uh, Steve Hofstetter. is a regular on the show. I love that guy. So the guy sitting next to me right now, big fan of his, not just because he's such a great stand-up comic, but he's been in... Some of the most iconic movies, uh, certainly of my generation. The Hangover, right, is, is certainly one of them that I think of. Old School, another one. This was one of the original guys from Mad TV. Very talented, very funny. Brian Cowan joining me right now. Brian, first of all, thank you so much for being here. I hate to bring you out. Uh, it's such difficult circumstances it's with half-naked women everywhere. It's I'm hard. sorry, but look well, at that.
2: Well, dude, I mean, it's, <laughs> I, I'm, I've been spending all my energy trying not to stare. That, that's when you know you're a creepy guy. Like, I'm literally, you can't do anything. Like, if I stand neutral... Right now, if I just stand neutrally, I'm a creep because I'm just staring. (laughs) And then if I try to look non-threatening and I just smile, that's even creepier. What am I I supposed to do? I can't do it. It, You can't. I mean, look at this. Look at this. In this this environment, I have to be looking for my kids or reading a book. (laughs) Anything else, I'm guilty. Are you married? I didn't even ask I got you. a girl, but I mean, yeah, my, I got a fiance.
1: So, like, if you asked your fiance, hey, can we go to the strip club? Like, have you, do
2: you guys do that sort of Not stuff really. Not I mean, we will, but I for, for me here, I was like, I got to go do this radio show at <laughs> Sapphire. I don't approve. I don't approve. There are women naked, and I'm, frankly, I, frankly, I need a personality. It's just the way I am. I it's, have to get to know them. I don't even notice breasts. Like, Do you
1: remember going back to early on in your career, the first time, like, you were noticed in public because of your celebrity status? What was that like for you? Was that weird?
2: Well, you just reminded me of the first time I went into a strip club. This is when you know the difference between, like, in your 50s versus when you're 19. When I was 19, this is a true story, I walked into a strip club. I thought the strippers liked me. They we were, all make that mistake. They were looking at me with such hungry eyes. And I, I was like, I couldn't figure out. I was like, what what is it about me today that's making these chicks so horny? And then a the girl comes up and goes, I love your sweater. And I was like, I got to start wearing maroon more often. That's literally, that, that's a true story. But uh, the first time I got recognized was, I'm the guy who still in, gets excited. I still love it. Yeah, I'll keep the fan around longer than they want to be around. That's how uncool I am. And uh, I remember, I the first time I was like, it was my first year of Mad TV. I'm back in New York with my boys, and a guy asked me for a picture, and I, and I went and I looked at my friends and I went, hey guys, I gotta stop talking to you. I gotta take a picture with a fan, <laughs> and I milked that, I milked that, and I'm still milking it.
1: So. Let's go, I mean, you've been in so many great, great films and shows, but let's start with The Hangover. I remember I watched that the first night it came out, the first Hangover. You've been in the first two. Yeah. When you're on the set, and by the way, uh, Brian played the character of the guy at the Wedding Chapel, right, where where, we're, 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 that scene is just so funny by itself. Yeah. But when you're on the set of The Hangover, Yeah. are you thinking to yourself, wow, this is going to be a movie that's going to be pretty big? Did Not you at have all. any
2: idea? Not at all. I, I've told the story before, I'll tell it again. Bradley Cooper... Was the guy we were walking through Caesar's Palace, yep. and and a, a group of tourists recognized me from Mad TV, and I may be old school, and they were like, um, "Can we take a picture with you?" And guess who held the camera? Bradley Cooper. Guess who took the picture? <laughs> Bradley Cooper. Yeah, yeah. It went, and Todd Phillips, the director, <laughs> called me and said, "Hey, I'm thinking about this guy Zach Galifianakis. You know, what do you think?" I go, "I think he's the funniest guy nobody knows." He so hold on. Todd
1: Phillips asked you about Zach. He asked
2: me. He asked me. He said, "What do you think?" I go, "I think he's the funniest person." He nobody really knows. is. He, he is. Was, to me, he makes that movie yeah. so much better. I didn't get him the part, but it was nice. So. But he asked you. Well, yeah. So, so you the know, whole Todd... thing, that whole thing was an accident. I get there, and and the guy Eddie, who's in the wedding chapel, yeah. he's supposed to be a guy from New York. He's right. like, "Hey, you don't remember me? I'm Eddie." And I at the reading. I said to Todd Phillips, I go, what if he's like Armenian or Lebanese? <laughs> you know, those you guys, yeah. you know, those guys, I can get you what right. you want. You want chicks. I can get you a baby, whatever you need. You know, it was that and you're that guy, dude. And he loved it.
1: And so. then in the second hangover, you play like the strip club manager. I'm the owner. You're yeah, like yeah. the owner of the strip. Club. Yeah. What, was that actually in
2: Thailand or no? Yes. And the guy that they hired, they, they wanted an Indian guy. I guess he didn't work out. I'm on my way. They're, they're putting me on a private jet to go host wine and country magazines comedy thing that i have right. my own suite in a chateau private jet i'm going to napa valley i'm gonna drink the best wine Well, todd phillips goes hey can you get out to thailand we'll fly your first class i was like you want to be part of the biggest sequel yeah i'll drop everything he's done that to me a couple times like he told me to come one time to la and do a reading with tom cruise it was just me and tom how did you cruise. get to
1: know todd phillips
2: through a, an actor named Brecken Meyer, and yeah. uh, and I, I had dinner with him one time, and he just—I just love Todd. He's a, he's a New York guy. So I just love the dude. He's one of the best people I know. He happens to be a genius, but he's also just awesome. Those movies are so funny. Yeah, and and I, he writes them. He writes them all. He, you know, Bad Santa? The he guys, wrote that story. I, and you were in Bad Santa. Yeah. You were the bartender,
1: right? Yeah, yeah he, he, he gave me my career. Another legendary movie. Yeah. Bad, I didn't, okay, I'll be honest with yeah. you. I wasn't crazy about the second Bad Santa. I didn't well, see it. Oh, first yeah, it missed yeah, its Yeah. I thought The Hangover, as such a blockbuster first movie yeah. that it was, I thought the second one was great. I thought the third one was yeah. good. The
2: third one wasn't good. As, maybe because you weren't in the third Look, one. You never know with a movie. There are so many moving parts that when a movie does well, it's an accident. Right. But with a guy like Todd Phillips, if you look at his, his batting average, there's nobody like him. Oh, he's him. incredible. He's I think, a genius. Think you know, of the Joker. Think of the Joker. I agree. The Joker's unbelievable. I, which, which, by the way, I, I, if you, if you blink, you can see me. Don't blink, and you, you'll, be able to see me. Were you me. in that movie? I, I was. I, didn't a, even know I was that. on that set for five days. I played this washed-up stripper, so I was basically <laughs> with my shirt off the whole time and a wig, okay, and and a bow tie. All right. That, that was my costume for five days, and I knew day one as I'm shooting, I'm I'm in the same room with Joaquin Phoenix. I knew he was going to win an Oscar. The minute what a genius I saw him, actor, well, I, I went, Well, I said to him, I go, I, I was watching him. I watched the scene in the bus as yeah. I, I'm standing next to the director, and I went, I've been doing this for a long time. I go, he's going to win an Oscar. Can and I ask you on, you on that, that set? No Can I
1: ask you, though, Brian, yeah. like, when when you're around actors like that, do you do you have normal conversations? No, you with don't. Them? You don't even go
2: up to no, him. No, no, no. He stays in character. I'm this close to him, and, and he wouldn't look at me. And he's eating, he's smoking cigarettes. He's a weird guy. He's 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 he, a brilliant actor. He's a brilliant. I can't us, argue
1: with it. So you're telling me you're on the scene of the Joker. You're yeah, playing this for five role, days. You're for five days. Yeah. And Joaquin won't even make eye contact. Yeah. That with you. is correct. He's sir. in character not, in the whole time. Not a
2: hello or a goodbye. He's in character the whole time. So when, when, I'm when, not I'm not knocking him. I mean, he's Joaquin Phoenix, and I'm the guy from The Hangover. There's a right reason. That's right. true. Uh, there's a reason I'm at the cool so at the... Have you dealt
1: with any other actors like that where they're just in character? They won't even talk to you like a normal, you know, Joaquin, you know, you can't even have a conversation?
2: Yeah, I mean, never to that degree, to be honest yeah. with you. Never That's to a little that strange, degree. right? Like, Bradley Cooper is a great actor, but Bradley loves acting, but he's, he's directing you at the same time. He makes everybody better around him. Right. Whereas, normal guy, Bradley yeah, Cooper. Yeah, I worked with every... Yeah. I, I, I try to think of the people I've worked with that were... Uh, you know, I worked with sketch actors that love to be in character, but nobody on that degree—that's t- that, a whole. So different
1: you've been—you've been an actor, you've been a comedian, you've been around a very long time. Yeah. You're a successful guy. Uh, I'm just curious: what are some of the A-list celebrities that you're friends with, that you hang out with on a regular basis? I'm going to
2: tell you a story, and I and I I I'm at a party. And Jamie Foxx, who I'm a huge fan of. Love Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx comes up, and he's like, bro, what, no hello, you don't say hi to me? And I met him once, randomly. But we're both comics, you know, and he's yeah. like, man, you're comedy, blah, blah, blah. And he's, he's just giving me, he's giving me all the love. And I'm like, this is unbelievable. He's dancing with my girl. He's hanging, comes back, telling me stories. And he's dancing talking, with your girl. Does that make you jealous? No, no. no. <laughs> I mean, look, what am I going what to, what am I offering? Medium and wrinkled? Versus Oscar-winning Jamie Foxx, like stop. That's true. Some, there's a pecking order. You got to give it up. a beautiful women
1: just walked by. By the way, that, wearing that fongs. Was, Very was, difficult not to. That, look was, at that.
2: That's that's impressive. <laughs> not that I'm looking. Not that I'm looking. Now that I have a lady. How old is your
1: is your lady? By the way,
2: she's seventeen. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, she's thirty-two. She's thirty-two. Don't, is, don't pull Harvey Weinstein. No, over no, here. no. Okay. Believe me, I won't.
1: No, Kevin she's, Spacey. She's a woman. Yeah. She's a woman. You she's ever, a, you know any of those guys? You meet any of those guys? Harvey Weinstein, Kevin
2: Spacey? My, my, I, I dated a gal who had told me stories about Harvey Weinstein. I think she was the first girl to come out against him. So I knew he was wow. a bad guy. Everybody knew he's a bad guy. That Everybody. is wild. Everybody knew he's a scumbag. That is that is so crazy. Guys By the way, like that with a track re- record like that, you know, there's something. Why up. do you think it took so long for it to finally because get nobody, out? Because nobody, nobody, you don't know everything. You just know that he's a shitty, crappy guy. Right, right. right. You just know that. Right. And you know right. that he lies. You know he's, but he's also very powerful. He's very good at what he does, and everybody's making money. Hollywood. Right. If you're making money for other people in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it, you, you get away with a lot for a long let time. Me, let me plug your show real quick. If you're yeah. just joining us, oh, he yeah. is
1: Brian Cowan. He's been around a long time, been in some great movies, great stand-up comic. He's going to be at Wise Guys Comedy Club tonight, which is right there on Main Street in the Art District downtown. Great spot. It's a great club. Uh, yeah, and Pauly Shore is a big part of it as well. Great people that run that club. You're doing two shows tonight, two shows tomorrow. Two Rick, shows tonight. 7.30 shows and 9.30, is that right? That's what I think. I will be there tonight because your stand-up is, is – you talk a little bit about your family, too. You talk yeah. about your daughter, right? Yep, uh, yep. Circle of trust i've heard that oh yeah uh, oh yeah, yeah. god uh, you're stand up but it's but it's real that's what yeah. i love about what you do uh you're talking about your life you talk about your family you talk about ridiculous things in life
2: yeah right? i try to also talk about i'm getting older so i try to talk about sort of the, the folly of this we are so divided as a country we are and, and you know and you got teams and and you've got media that doesn't help because media is more interested in ratings and your. Your attention. They are not interested yes. in the truth. It used to be the media. Agree. We agreed on the truth somewhere in the middle, right?
1: Do you agree with me, Brian, that it's on both sides? You, of course, you look it at is. Fox News and you look at MSNBC. I can finish
2: their sentences, right? If it's Fox or if it's right. MSNBC, it my my thing is Fox. Well, it, let's take racism. Fox, Fox basically a lot of times is like, what? What are you talking about? They, We gave them the vote, and then CNN can find racism the way a ghost hunter can find a ghost. Right, you know, so right. I, you know, I don't know where to go on yes. both sides. So I try to kind of like, I try, I think part of being a comic is to to make the truth funny and to get some sensible ideas into people's heads. Are you
1: afraid, though, to make jokes no. uh, when it comes to politics because you might offend people? I'm always afraid, but I, it doesn't stop me. What did you make of the whole Chris Rock situation, the whole Will Smith, Chris Rock? As a stand-up comic, as a professional, I thought Chris Rock handled that great. I Beautiful. thought Will Smith was way out of line. What do you yeah, make of that?
2: Everybody knows that. Uh, my question is, would Will Smith have done that if that was Jason Momoa or Dwayne The Rock Johnson up there? Yeah, That's my question.
1: What's up, Dennis? Dennis Silvers, the golf guru, showing up. He's a dirty old man. I don't know how he hasn't been thrown out of here yet. Uh, but, you know, I felt like... Uh, it's a bad precedence moving forward. Uh, what Will Smith did, I thought. Again, Chris Rock handled it great. Yeah. Have you ever had any situations, Brian? Because you've been a stand-up comic for a very long time. Have you ever had any situations where you said something and somebody didn't like one of your jokes?
2: Maybe you, know, yeah. you haven't been
1: assaulted, but
2: yeah. But I, you know, I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not saying I'm a tough guy, but. You know, uh, if you're going to come up on stage and you're going to try to do that to me, it, 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 it's uh, – I'm probably not – all I'm going to say is I'm, I'm probably going to have an answer for you. Right. And I'm going to – and I'll keep you busy. I'll keep you busy.
1: Do you deal with hecklers? Like if somebody heckles you on stage, are you one of those people that embraces her or you yeah, can't stand her? No, hecklers
2: it are usually a guy. It's either a drunk gal who's not getting enough attention right. and she's too pretty right. or, or 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 it's a drunk dude who just is feeling a little bit insecure because he doesn't know what to do with his emotions. Like He, he, he wants to be a comic. He's the funny guy in the group, but now he's seeing a professional. Yeah. It's like a guy in, at the UFC in the stance who picks a fight with the guy next to him because right. he doesn't know what to do with his energy. That's true. He wants to get laid, but nobody wants to have sex with him. <laughs> he's not making enough money, and now he's like, I- I'm going to punch that guy in the face. You know? <laughs> you're rooting for the other guy. That's know? true. I like that analogy. Yeah, I, mean,
1: I want you to rewind back to when you, Brian, when you were like, I don't know, 18, 17, 18, 19 years old. If somebody said to you, Brian, you're going to be, you're going to play roles in some of the most iconic comedies of the last 20, 30 years. Yeah. You're going to be a stand-up comic. You know, we talk about Mad TV, but the, some of the movies you've been in are just, would you have believed it back then?
2: Well, uh, I still don't believe it. Like, yeah. I still can't believe that I get up on stage and I get paid for what I got in trouble for my whole life. You were the class clown? Dude, I used to drive my own father crazy. Like, I would drive him. I was always testing out material. Most of it was bad. And the guy was like, get me away from this kid. Get, a, get me away from him. I was just a weird kid that way. I'd come home, and I'd be like, you got to start juicing Where did greens. you get that from?
4: Where did
1: you get that from? Family members? or? You just- I
2: grew up. Here's what. I think I'm a comic because I was I was raised overseas. I lived in seven, eight different countries until I was 14. So I would be moved to a different country, a different continent every two years so when you're a kid and you want to make friends you better make people laugh and just don't be the last guy picked on the team right so sports and being a jackass were were my thing Right? So, and then now, now so now, I, what do I do? I get up in front of a bunch of strangers. They look at me. I got to solve that problem for the next hour. You ever
1: still get nervous at all? Did you ever get nervous getting I, on stage? I,
2: you know, it's funny you say that. I was doing a show with Joe Rogan and there were, really? I don't know, there were 5,000 5, people out there. Uh, it was a, a while back and, yeah. and they had the camera on me and they said I was going to do like, I don't know, a half hour or 45 minutes. And, uh, and the guy says, do you get nervous? And it didn't even dawn on me. Like, it didn't even occur to me. That I, I I was so not nervous. I was exactly like I am right now. Mm. I don't know why I've just been. You doing seem it so very nervous, Doctor. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I'm nervous. very well. Well, all the women. I'm trying not to look. And you're very attractive. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That skin tone. That's the biggest that lie of them all. Tone.
1: I'm <laughs> a pasty white bald yeah. Jewish man. So yeah. You got yeah. my skin tone. Yeah, we don't yeah. can't properly. Speaking of Jewish men, though, I want to talk about uh, some of the people that we've lost uh, over the course of the last.
2: Bob several. Saget. One of my Bob favorites. Bob Saget. My was boy. One of my
1: favorites as well. I'll tell
2: you a great story about Bob. This is two weeks before he died. I'm on the plane. I'm sitting in row eight A. He's in the front of. He's in the first seat of the. He's in yeah. first class. And I go, Bob. He goes, What's up? And like, you know, I know him very well. So sure. we're like, you know, I love him. And so we're talking and stuff. And he goes, uh, He goes, where, where are you? Where are you sitting? And I go, Eight A. And he goes, Is that coach? <laughs> and I go, Well, it, it is actually. And he goes, And he goes, Well, then I won. <laughs> That was Bob all the time. And that was a couple weeks before he passed
1: away. What a a, a tragic, and by the way, I loved Bob. Uh, He's been on my show a number of times. He's such a charitable guy. Loved his stand-up comedy. I remember I was interviewing him backstage at the Hard Rock when it was the Hard Rock here in Vegas. My mom calls me in the middle of the interview. And, uh, you know, I, I, Bob's like, who is that? He's like, it's, it's my mom. I'm sorry, Bob. He takes the phone in the middle of the interview. He goes, by the way, is this Brian's mom? I want you to tell you I'm Brian's real dad <laughs> right in the middle of the interview. Uh, <laughs> He's the uh, best. Oh, he was great. And Gilbert Godfrey, another one. Another another
2: guy I worked with. Another guy I knew You, know, well. you knew Gilbert oh, pretty Oh, my well. God. Yeah, again, that's a guy who, if you want to talk about one of the all-stars, a yeah. guy who is so professionally funny just hanging out. Like, if you were just hanging out with him, I spent – I spent what probably a week with him on set one time. Yeah. And I'm telling you that there was nobody who liked laughing more and nobody who liked doing bits. Yeah. He was always funny. Always a playing. little
1: strange, but yeah. such a great
2: guy. Strange, but <laughs> most comedians but are really, really strange, yeah, right? <laughs> we're all misfits.
1: Louis Anderson another one. I mean, I, I remember I had him. I had Louis on on the show about 8 or 9 months ago when Coming to America 2 came out. I mean, we knew he wasn't in great health. Yeah. Uh, I thought the Bob's and we knew that, sadly, Gilbert Godfrey uh, had some health issues. But the Bob Saget death to me is so bizarre. How does that happen?
2: Well, also, because when I was with Bob two weeks before, it was kind of I've I've never talked about this, but he was so paranoid of, of covid. Really? And he had his mask on, and my mask kept falling as we were talking. He goes, "What? You know, can you put your mask?" And I was like, "Bob, stop being a baby about COVID, dude. <laughs> right. You're not going to die." And he didn't,
1: and he yeah. ended up dying. I guess what we've learned is he just fell. Yeah, like he, he fell, fell and hit do his you,
2: head. D- do you you think yeah. that's what happened? I do. I don't think there was any.
1: Yeah, you, no, no conspiracies. No.
2: And then another guy. I don't know if you knew Norm McDonald
1: really well. But I, 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 knew, I
2: I didn't know him well. I knew Norm. And, loved uh, Norm. And he had I guess he had cancer for a long right, time. He never right. Right. But he he was again another guy who. I guess even when I last time I saw him, I, he must have been—he must have known he was in some he trouble. He was in bad shape. I don't know what kind of cancer it was. Do you. I don't know was it either. Like leukemia or something. I, I I, I, it was obviously something pretty serious. But he—you would never have known it. He was I, a handsome, funny, great, great guy.
1: I mean, his his Saturday Night Live stuff to me was the best, and his appearances on the Howard Stern show. I don't know if you ever been on Howard, but, no, but God, I, I love. But Howard. He
2: was—he's a, a good-looking guy. Norm. Yeah, yeah. I remember like looking no. at him going—he's a—he's a big, handsome dude. Like i remember yeah. just going. Oh, so okay.
1: I, I met him, Brian, uh, the Tiger Woods-Phil Mickelson golf match. Uh, he was just walking the golf course, and I spent like an hour with him. We were talking about Artie Lang. Uh, the movie Dirty Work is one of my favorites. Bob Saget directed that one, yeah. by the way. Yeah. And we were just talking about life. You know, and I'm, I'm just hanging out with Norm talking about life, and it, it was so amazing. It was so cool. So a
2: story about, about Dirty Work, when Don Rickles showed up on set. <laughs> yes. He looked at Bob Saget, and he said, you're, you're directing this? Yeah. And, he, and Bob said, yeah. He said, I just left the set. From, I, I was just on set with Mr. Martin Scorsese. I told him you were directing a movie. The man clutched his chest. And then he said, and, and, and then, and then uh, apparently it's all from Marty Lang. And then uh, Don Rickles said to Bob right in front of everybody, he goes, look, I'm a Jew, you're a Jew. From one Jew to another. You're making us look terrible. Get out, get is out that of the true? Yeah.
1: Oh, he was always joking. And Don Rickles performed all the time in Las Vegas. I was lucky enough to meet him, too, uh, about a year yeah. before he passed. And yeah. What a brilliant guy. Oh, brilliant. I wanted to ask you that's the next question. Who are the people that you looked up to growing up, uh, whether they be comedians or actors, people that influenced your life? Well,
2: I, I never finished my, my Jamie Foxx story. Sorry. I, I, because, no, because <laughs> my it's, ADD I just sorry. realized. No, no, no. I just realized. So as he's as yep. he's recognizing me and he's giving me all this love, and I'm like, this is incredible, and he, you got to come to My party. I realized that I believe he thought I was Joe Rogan. That's what I think. He thought you were actually Joe Rogan, and that's why he was giving me that much love. I think that's. Are you serious? I am. This was before
1: Joe Rogan was his big. No,
2: this was uh, uh, two years ago. How does he make that mistake? Well, you don't don't look like Joe Rogan at all. You know, maybe you're not bald. I don't know, dude. (laughs) It was so weird. I'm. I think I'm I right about that. I don't know if that's a hundred percent. But that's next time you
1: see him, I, you got to ask him. Did you yeah. confuse me with, yeah. with Joe Rogan? What do you yeah. make of Joe Rogan and his podcast? And, and uh, well, you he's know, one of
2: my, he's one of my oldest best friends. So so
1: you know Joe really well, very well. All right, get him on
2: my show next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know Joe. I know
1: Joe. You know, I mean, Joe. Do you think the criticism that he's received is fair about no. some of the misinformation? No, no. no, no, no,
2: no. Listen, Joe's Joe. Uh, let me tell you about Joe part of what makes him so successful is a couple of things one is curiosity mm-hmm. two he truly doesn't believe he's better than his listeners he he, he, he's, he does truly believes he is not smarter or better than any of his listeners I' like that's me.
1: a I' uh, like me I've
2: known the man I've known a <laughs> man since I was 28 I've known him this I've known Joe for almost 28 years I am his oldest friend in, the, in in Los Angeles. I mean, I, wow, and that's I mean, incredible. Yeah, and we've been... I well, mean, he's done a hell of
1: a job with his career, but, that's for But sure.
2: part of the reason for that is that he is very honest. And when you talk about misinformation, he he had two doctors on mm-hmm. who were saying things that the CDC later on accepted... And who were highly accredited in their fields of cardiology Mm -hmm. and in, uh, I think, vaccines and immunology. Mm -hmm. They were highly accredited. So part of what they were saying had been debunked and then was accepted. Right. Right? For example, the vaccine... Is not is not going to stop you from catching the virus. The vaccine is not going to stop you from catching the virus.
1: Did you think that was wrong? I'll tell you why in a second.
2: So, so there was there was all of that that went on with with COVID, and and a lot of the things we were being told, and it was a learning process. The CDC, World Health Organization, the NIH was saying things like, uh, if you if you get the vaccine, you will not spread it if you get the vaccine you won't get and so so these immunologists were saying that's actually not true i des- i developed the MMNRA right. vaccine sure so what he wanted to do is have them on and what he, i think he was apologizing about is not Not having an alternative point of view right after that. Because he didn't want people to say, well, I'm not going to get the vaccine. Mm -hmm. If that's not safe, then you don't do that. And that's what he was apologizing about. So I think what you said is fair. I think, because I almost
1: died of COVID two years ago. Wow. Uh, Sorry to be morbid here. Wow, did Uh, you? But but I I was in the ICU for two weeks. Wow. And I think we all know how serious the virus is. It knocked
2: me on my ass for 19 days. Sure.
1: I mean, it affects everybody differently. And and I agree with what you said. I don't think Joe Rogan has any ill intent. There are people out there that have claimed that they have cures for COVID, selling pills, right-wing talk shows. Problem Yeah Misinformation Extremes Right
2: Misinformation Right Yes And my worry is that we are being polarized to the degree Mm -hmm. that uh, that it's almost impossible to find a middle ground Most of us are, are in the middle And as you and I agree The truth is somewhere in the middle Right you know, call what me a I conservative want to listen to is doctors.
1: I don't want to listen to Tucker Carlson any more right. than I want to listen to somebody on the left that's not a doctor. Exactly.
2: Uh, I've, I've always exactly. said
1: this from the beginning. I don't think people should be forced to get vaccines. But if your employer tells you you got to get it and you don't get it, then don't work there. Find that's another right. job. That's right. I've always felt like you're right.
2: Bolts, now, now, bolts. Now, now, let me say something about vaccines. It's very important. Sure. We already have vaccine mandates. Right. Your child cannot go to a public school without getting 11 vaccines. <laughs> I think it's 16 in L.A. Right. I, I'm not arguing with that. I'm not. A, guess sure, what sure. I don't know about? It. I'm really good at comedy. Okay, come to Wise Guys tonight. Right. Come to Wise You're Guys. not tonight a doctor. And I'll make you laugh hard. You know what I don't know anything about? <laughs> right. I mean nothing, immunology, <laughs> right. vaccines. But you know what I do know? <laughs> right. Like like the back of my hand. The reason you and I are around right now, we're talking, right. and our kids. We didn't lose four of our kids yeah. is because of vaccines. Why won't people admit that? Why because, won't so many conservatives admit don't, that? Because
1: if you do You're a, re- a Reagan Republican. Is that fair to say? I you're, don't you're know. You're a reasonable guy, you're not a nut job. I'm pro gay marriage. I'm probably pro-legalized drugs, but that's against I'm, most of the, but, the, the people but, that are on the far right but, right now—the Marjorie Taylor Greens, the Matt Gaetz. Yeah, but they're the not.
2: World. I don't care. about I also own guns. I love the There's Constitution. There's nothing wrong with that. I believe yeah. in the founding fathers. I love my country. Sure. I believe in individual rights over over a collective. But even you,
1: you're a reasonable guy, yes. I know you are, because yes. I've, I've heard you talk about politics before, but do you feel like in Hollywood there are so many liberal elitists out there, when when somebody says like you, uh, I support Trump, uh, people will attack you for that, which, I, uh, by the way, I don't think that's fair. I'm not a Trump supporter, but I don't Here, think that's uh, fair. Here's
2: the problem with Trump, and I'm not a Trump supporter either. Uh, here's the problem with Trump. And here's the problem with what with, with the with what happens in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people that are way more conservative than you think, but in order to work you have to be Right. Have, now now here's what happens when you say you're a Republican mm-hmm. in any in any Hollywood circle or anything yep. else, and it's only one thing. Yep. When you say I'm a Republican what you're saying is I want to take a woman's right away a, a, a woman's right to choose away from her, okay? When you say that yeah. to a woman. Yeah. And I understand this. Right. I I get it. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm definitely a fiscal conservative. I'm I'm pretty conservative, but I'm also pro-choice. Or at least I don't know where I am. You're
1: right. not a nut. That's I'm the, not
2: going <laughs> to tell women. Though. I'm just not going to tell but women. But there are what so many Republicans doing. out there that do that. There. And they're, that's based on religious. That's a religion why which I it, respect. Why but can't
1: I, they just do that for themselves? Why do they have to push their religion on other people?
2: Because, as far as they're concerned, abortion is murder, and they have a religious duty to fight. The killing of babies—that's yeah. in their mind, okay? In their mind, right? And I, I, I again, right. I don't—I hate this discussion yeah. because I don't—I, I, I, sure. I, respect what they're saying, but at the same time, I'm pro-choice. Yeah. And I, and I—here's my argument: I understand, I understand. If you want, if you're you're saying you want to take, you you have to protect unborn life. Now, are you going to take care of that kid? Right. Are you? Who's going to take care it's of a this good kid? Good question. And if you're really that serious about saving lives, let's lower the speed limit to 25 miles an hour. Agree. Because Agreed. you'll save you'll save fifty thousand lives. Agreed. Do you want to do that? And yeah. then let's make there are a thousand things we can do that we're not willing to do. So at the end of the day, as a society, uh, I I just believe that the state, the mm. state, the mm. federal bureaucracy, the state bureaucracy should not be involved in things like marriage in my bedroom. Agree. And and Frank, you don't sound like a Republican. <laughs> I'm not. I never said I was. I'm, you sound like an independent. I'm I'm definitely an independent. Because that's hey. what I am. Here's the ask me. It, really, the better question is: If you ask me, if I'm a Republican or a Democrat, it depends on the issue. Agreed. Ask me the
4: issue, man. Could
1: not agree with you yeah. more. Uh, if Donald Trump runs in 2024, uh, would you vote for him? No, you would not.
2: I don't know. Here's the problem: Trump is going to split the ticket. Yeah. I don't. My, I like DeSantis. I like guys like that. Maybe. I I I, I look at a He's track younger. Record. That's for sure. I just like a track record. My 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 thing with Trump. I've, I've always said this is he's a trumpist first. Yeah, Donald Trump is into into Donald Trump. Yeah, I, that's my. It's not. Doesn't mean that he doesn't understand the economy. It doesn't mean that his his uh, policies on regulation sure. weren't great. Right. It doesn't mean that I don't agree. I don't agree. I I do agree with a lot of his China issues. You know, there are a sure. lot of things. I, I, I think he's hilarious. I can't take my eyes off him. I love listening to him. He's hilarious. Now, do I think he's a bit of a con man? Do I think that sure. he my, my problem is he doesn't he's not interested in what he doesn't know. Right. And and Reject I check yourself think,
1: with disinfectant. Yeah. Uh, and I think <laughs> yeah. he's
2: so. But, yeah. but he's also kind of refreshing to a lot of people. It, just because you like Donald Trump does not mean you're a racist. That's why just he beat Hillary. It's because he yeah. was funny. And but you because- know what, I don't
1: like Brian. I don't uh, sorry to interrupt you, yeah. but, I, but you reminded me of this. I don't like the fact that in 2016 he talked starts talking about voter fraud and how elections are rigged. Then he wins and then for the next 3 years <laughs> you don't hear about it, right? Yeah. And I now know. all of a sudden elections are rigged again. I wish Republicans would stop talking about election integrity and talk about some of the issues that you talked about. Well, I, Democrats
2: I did it too, right? They when, did. It's, you're it's right. It's the American story. You're right. When when <laughs> Bush won, they were like the hanging right, chads. Right. It goes back and forth, man. It's, it's nonsense. It's never been yeah. any different. They were yeah. calling Lincoln, a chimpanzee. Right. They were they were talking about how right. he looked like a chimpanzee. So yeah. if you really go back in history, Eddie Murphy in his first special was talking about how racism is no longer an issue—at least not around him. Right? You know, it it never ends, bro. Where, where is the
1: line with jokes? Uh, you talk about racism, and, you know, obviously, I, I'm sure you would agree with me, nobody should probably be using the N-word, period, right? You, you saw what happened to Michael Richards, and that was uh, that was horrible. Yeah,
2: by the way, I, I was the last I performed, and he came on after me. Wait, hold
1: on a second. I didn't know that. Yeah. You were right before him? Yes, I didn't I know that. that night.
2: Oh, my yeah. gosh. So you were there when nope. that happened? Uh, nope, I watched, well, him. I watched him. I'd seen him before, and I he's just not experienced enough I can't watch. I had to get out of there. Because so I'd you had seen were... how it got. I had Seen how it was going for him many times before that, because for whatever reason they were putting they were putting me up and then and then he came up a couple couple times behind me, and I I and I've worked with him before I've done a TV show. Nice guy. Him. Uh yeah he's a he's actually a very talented nice guy. But not a good stand And I don't comic. think he's a racist at all. I think that he just his had, career ended. Well he had he went crazy. He uh, went nuts. Yeah, he he went lost crazy. his mind. Yeah. That's crazy. Well let's yeah. talk a little bit
1: about. You're not going to be talking about abortion tonight on stage. Uh, you're going to be making people laugh yeah, and dude. having a good time. For somebody that has... I've seen your stand-up before. For somebody that, and I'll be going to your show tonight. For somebody that has never seen you do stand-up before, Brian, talk to me about uh, your, your stand-up routine and, and for people that are thinking of catching your show tonight.
2: I'm, I'm going to make an argument tonight. I'm going to make an argument that 18 is too young to vote, <laughs> that the world would be a lot different if men could cry, and that... And that just because you are a liberal or a Democrat doesn't mean—I mean, I mean uh, whether you're you're a Republican or a Democrat, right. a liberal or conservative—I Right. I believe, and I'm going to make the argument that a society needs both expressions. You need people that are intuitive, emotional, open to change, yeah. and you need people that don't like change that believe in strong, hard, fast lines because like there it. are jobs for both sides. And believe me, when you have somebody who's who's a structural engineer coming up with the fire exits of a huge building like that and making yeah. sure the roof doesn't fall in, the math that goes into that, I want a conservative, bro. I want no flexibility in that guy. Okay? Yeah, sure. And when it comes to fashion or the music we're listening to or dance <laughs> <Yeah>. or twerking, <laughs> I want that stuff invented by liberals because they're better at it.
4: Right, I so, don't disagree yeah, with you. Yeah, so
2: That's- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make an argument that we need each other. Here's including <laughs> Liberals, I love it. I love liberals it. are like, let's adopt that dog. And conservatives <laughs> right. are like, who's going to walk it? <laughs> and those are two considerations,
4: man. Oh, so my God, I love that. We
2: need each other. And we need to laugh, too. Yes. Brian, you are you
1: are the best, man. I can't wait to see your show. You're, you're performing two shows tonight and tomorrow night, Wise Guys Comedy Club. Please check it out. Pauly Shore is a big part of it. Yes, Brian is the best. He's one of my favorites. I can't wait to see your show tonight. And also, uh, I'm sorry to put you out and, and take you out of your way to see all these happening. Dude, beautiful this is women. terrible.
2: I'm 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 disgusted and appalled and so horny right now. I mean no. So I got to go to church. I need a priest. You're not going to find one here. I got, uh, I, where is where's that chapel that I married those people in in the hangover? I need I, I got to go pray. I need to go back there. I got to uh, pray. Yeah, please do. We'll pray together. Brian, thank
1: you so much for being here man. I appreciate your time. You are you are one of the best thank in the you, business. Brother. Brian Collin, everybody. Go check him out tonight Wise Guys 7:30 9:30 and tomorrow night 7:30 and 9:30. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You are listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. All right. Welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Friday. Boy, I got to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it. I am sitting here right now at the Sapphire Pool the Topless Pool, which is optional. Chris Wynn uh, decided not to go Topless today. I think everybody's happy for that. But uh, there are so many beautiful women just walking around Topless, and I'm doing a radio show, and i got to tell you, sometimes I lose my train of thought a little bit. I really do. We just had Brian Collin on. Uh, great stand-up comic. Uh, been in some iconic movies uh, like The Hangover, of course, and Old School. And the guy joining me right now, sitting next to me, uh, pretty successful guy in the business himself. His name is Kevin Mack. He's got a new show on Paramount, Why Women Kill. Uh, also, creators of Desperate Housewives, and he's going to be opening on stage tonight for Brian, uh, a show that me and my producer Rick are going to be going to. I appreciate you being here, my man. Thanks for being here. How are you?
3: Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, the the show's been... We're getting ready to shoot season three, actually. We, uh, we, we, uh, we're on... Uh, CBS All Access the first season and and CBS and then CBS All Access and then the second season Paramount Plus and now we're back for season three.
1: So I gotta say I'm very jealous because you know as a heterosexual (laughs) male I will say you have a nice full head of hair. Thanks man. You you have the look at Rick am I wrong? He has the look of like a male model right? I say that I like women uh, so don't worry but with that being said you, you walk around with, with someone who looks like yourself with all these beautiful. I would imagine sometimes women will just come up to you. Somebody like me, that never happens. I'm a bald, pasty-skinned, white Jewish guy. Nobody ever comes up to me. But I look at you. You, you look like a very. You're a famous actor. You got the tattoos going. You you kind of have the look of like an NHL hockey player, sort of. Uh, so like I would imagine you you you're very lucky with women.
3: Uh, I do okay. I definitely <laughs> am not an NHL hockey player. I've <laughs> got uh, I've got pussy ankles, but. <laughs> Um but yeah, I mean a, a lady or two will come up to me, but the issue is that ladies that are brazen enough to come up and talk to you are usually the ones that'll be that that'll either stab you or or uh or or try to cancel your career. So I, I try to uh stick to the girls that make me approach them. Do you live in where do you live? Do you live in LA? Yeah, I live in Los Angeles. Okay, that is a
1: talk to me about LA because I visit LA from time to time. I have friends that live in LA. I'm not a big L.A. guy. I like Vegas better. I just feel like people are they're so phony out there. The traffic, and it's expensive. And there's just so many... I, I'm a back east guy, okay? I feel like people are... F you, this is who I am. If you don't like it, go F yourself. And I feel like in LA there's a lot of I'm not saying you're like this, but I'm saying there are a lot of two faced people out there. Do you agree or disagree with that?
3: I, I definitely agree. I'm I'm not from LA originally. I, I moved to LA fifteen years ago. I'm originally from Detroit. So Oh you're
1: an East Coast guy too. Yeah, I've got to So you'll that. know my, my co-host Chris Wynn, he's a Detroit guy too. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you yeah, told yeah he told yeah. me well he's from
3: Lansing. Right, right. You can't give him that Detroit moniker unless he earns <laughs> Fair enough. it. But yeah, I mean I grew up very, you know, blue collar, family worked at Ford, uh, uh, you know, you, you you put it you put your living on the table by working your ass off. So, sure. uh, living in that L.A. world where it's uh, you know everybody's so entitled and they've got daddy money, daddy's money, and and uh, you know they walked they walked in front of a camera once and everybody lost their minds and now they're rich is a little uh, frustrating at times. But uh, it's better than a nine to five.
1: So, how does a guy who grew up in Detroit? turn out to be a guy like you who's a successful comedian do tv and become like an la hollywood guy how does that happen
3: honestly uh i i still don't know (laughs) i uh i got tired of detroit i got tired of being cold all the time uh i got tired of uh, michigan sevens which is a la two. and i decided that i wanted more and i just kind of decided one day that i was going to go to la and pursue acting and i i gave my house to my best friend I sold all my stuff.
1: That's a very ballsy decision. Yeah,
3: and I had your never family been think there.
1: About
3: that? My mom I mean I've never met my father, uh surprise, surprise. But uh, my mom is super supportive. She was like, "Hey, if you if you believe you can do it, then you just then dropped, go do it." So
1: explain this to me. You just one day you just say to yourself, "I've had enough of Detroit. Yeah, uh, I want to become an actor. I want to be famous." And you're one of those success stories. But there's a lot of people out there that make that decision and then they end up homeless. I mean, they end up going back home. Right? You're oh, not yeah. one of
4: those stories. The,
3: the the streets of Hollywood are littered with the uh, with the the remnants of dreams, but. It's weird. I don't know. Like, it's, it's one of those things where it was like I, I just kind of knew that I needed to do it. And I got there, and I was like – I think I was a week in, and I go, oh, fuck, I got to go back to Detroit. This isn't going to work out. Right. And – probably two days later i booked my first tv show on a random audition that a, wow. some guy ran into at a at a bar was like hey you should audition for this thing and yep. i booked it and that was it I just God, that is
1: that is so incredible some of the can you explain some of the uh, extremely famous successful people that you've worked with that you never thought you'd have the opportunity to meet until you got to hollywood and you and you became successful some some of those people
3: uh jim carrey is really? one of them how did yeah. you meet him so I worked on, uh, I was on the, in the movie Yes Man. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, yeah. I, it, I, I started out, I was supposed to be just doing background, but they stuck me in the scene right behind Jim Carrey. No way! And for some reason, he kept messing with me during, this, every time we would start it filming. It doesn't
1: seem like he has an off switch.
3: No, he doesn't. And he'd, <laughs> he'd start throwing stuff over his shoulder, and it was like hitting me in the back of the head. So... I started messing with him back, and I started cracking jokes, like, under my breath while he was doing his dialogue, and he was cracking up. (laughs) And then he he just kind of spun around. He's like, we got to get this guy. We need this guy to have a line and so they gave me a line and then they Be- cut the line out of the movie so, so i'm just, not even in it
1: so you're just an extra in the movie yes ben yeah you're you're sitting uh, next to jim carrey and he's behind throw- him he's messing with you he's throwing stuff at you and then you're muttering some stuff under your breath that he can hear it and while he's practicing his dialogue and because you did that he says to the director or whoever we got to get this guy in the movie yeah I, I, that is so incredible that it's so,
3: so incredible. weird and the, and it's like it's a small world because i had done a, a ton of background on the show las yeah. vegas when there was right. that show las vegas i remember yep and i forget the woman's name molly molly something molly she's like a supermodel that was on the show and she and i just started chatting on set she ended up being in that movie and she's like kevin from las vegas and i'm yeah. like yeah and she's like how are you in this? And I was like, I'm not. I just Jim Carrey decided That's that. i so wild. When
1: when ridiculous. you when you're with somebody like that, do you are you nervous?
3: Are you just yourself when you meet a guy like Jim Carrey? Oh, yeah, cuz I grew up watching um Molly Sims. Thank yeah. you. She's <laughs> yeah. she's so hot. She was so hot back then. I don't know about now. Who knows? <laughs> but I don't yeah, because I grew up watching him on In Living Color. You know, he's Jim Carrey. Sure. He's like, you know, he's, yeah. he's, a, he's he's the guy. Like, he's the guy. So, yeah, it was it was weird. But that's happened to me a lot. There's a lot of sets that I've been on, and somebody, somebody huge is on set, and you're just like, I don't know how to speak to you.
1: You, you get nervous, right? Yeah. I think when I was younger, for me it was Larry Bird. I, I grew up, you know, a big Celtics fan. And I'm 19 years old. I'm interning at a paper, and I have a chance to do a one-on-one interview with Larry Bird when he's the head coach of the Indiana Pacers. And that was the one time of my life where I just I kind of like I, I stuttered. I was I was so nervous. I, now it's like you know everyday life. I mean I've interviewed people like De Niro. I've interviewed Barack Obama, but and that was a little weird for me because this is a guy who's the president. But. Yeah, I think over time you get a little bit desensitized, but have you been to like, I don't know if you've got the LA party scene with I would imagine you probably met some people and run into some people that were pretty prominent people. Have you had any bad interactions that that you can recall with certain people that you've met <laughs> over the years?
3: I don't I've I've had some that I don't know that I want to talk about on air. <laughs> I've had a I've had
1: <laughs> Lo, did you meet J.Lo Lo and it just didn't go very if well? If I met J Lo,
3: I'd be married to <laughs> J.Lo Lo right now. You're, you're,
1: you're much better looking than Ben Affleck. I, I, I will fight
3: Alex Rodriguez for, for J-Lo any day.
1: I'm so curious now. You've met some celebrities, but you don't want to. I understand why you don't
3: want to. Um, I, I don't want to say the celebrity. I I, I, I won't name names, um, but he may have been on CSI Miami. <laughs> and he may have been a ginger.
1: I think I know who you're talking about.
3: And uh, he, he may be a giant asshole. <laughs> I don't know if I could say that on air. I've heard
1: Bill Maher is kind of a jerk. Uh, I've met him before. He wasn't very nice to me. I've met a few snooty, uh, I guess you could say, people in Hollywood. But uh, for the most part, people are very nice. They're very kind. But I can imagine with some of these A-listers, you know, they're sick and tired of everybody wants a piece of you. Yeah. I I guess I could understand that. But at the same time, I think you have to appreciate your fans. Yeah. You know? Uh, You you do. But uh, with that being said, uh, I really appreciate uh, you coming on. and, And I know you're opening up. For Brian tonight at this great comedy club called Wise Guys Comedy Club. Uh, tonight, two shows, 7.30 and 9.30. Tell me a little bit about your stand-up routine and what can people expect from you doing some stand-up tonight?
3: It's funny because Brian and I are, are completely different. Brian is very clean, family-friendly comedy, yep. and I'm very uh, dark Cringy, holy shh, I can't believe he said that. Yeah, um, So if people don't really see me coming. I'm kind of like a sledgehammer, and then Brian comes in and smooths everything out. I
1: love that. I absol- How long have you been doing stand-up
3: for? Um, Altogether, I've been doing it for technically four years but with the you know with the pandemic i lost about two years so two years solid that's so weird
1: all these people that perform and and it's like you you can't do anything unless you're in front of a camera or something how nice was it for you just to be in front of people and and to be able to do this sort of thing
3: you know what during the pandemic brian and i got to travel fairly often to the states that were kind of pandemic friendly if you will florida texas It was awesome, man. Because I would go to Florida and it would just be a bunch of people who couldn't possibly care less. Right. Just making out in in the crowd during the shows. And then you go back to L.A. and it's just people wearing three masks and and face shields and gloves. little overdoing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So people hated me in L.A. (laughs) Fair enough. I'd fly back in from Florida and just start coughing.
1: A lot of people that wear masks in California, that's for <laughs> sure. Well, Kevin, hey, pleasure meeting you, man. Uh, I can't wait for the show tonight, and uh, uh, look forward to uh, look forward to seeing some stand-up comedy. I'm a big stand-up comic fan. I go to shows like once, twice a week. I'm so glad we have shows again, and this is the entertainment capital of the world. So what oh, better yeah, place, man. right? Pleasure, ke- pleasure to nice meet you, to Kevin. Meet you, can't brother. wait to see, see you tonight, you and Brian. Tonight, thank you right so now. much. That's Kevin Mack, everybody. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break. And then we have a couple other special guests we are going to uh, have here, but we'll take a quick break, and we'll be back right after this. You are listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Welcome back. It is pushing the limits on a Friday. I got to say, Brian, Brian Callen is so awesome. I'm so yeah. looking forward to seeing his show tonight. We got Mac Miller in the house running for, uh, is it uh, Lieutenant Governor? Is that what it is? Yes. He is Lieutenant uh, Governor. Yes. Nevada. Uh, yeah. We, we have some very Which one? special guests here right now. And if you're just joining us, I got to say, folks, I've done a lot of radio shows in my life. I've been doing radio for 20 years. I'm not sure I've ever had a view like this one before. It's quite impressive. Uh, it's because Chris Wynn is here. That's why the view is so incredible. But besides Chris being here, uh, we have unbelievably attractive women walking around everywhere. Half naked, Chris. Uh, I'm looking at one right now. Unfortunately, we uh, I can describe what I'm looking at, but we can't show it uh, for our live stream. But we are here at Sapphire. Incredible atmosphere. Great people. Great management, uh, certainly great employees, uh, that's for sure. I love this place, by the way, and I want to thank Sapphire for allowing us to be here. We're here at the pool, and it's been quite enjoyable. I have to say I'm having
0: a really good time, Chris. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And full disclosure, Shapiro, I've been walking around with my Detroit. You can see if you're watching the feed, I have my Detroit Lions jersey on. I've had multiple Green Bay Packer fans roll up on me and uh, <laughs> offer their condolences that I'm a Detroit fan. So, and uh, a lot of uh, stocky individuals from Wisconsin rolling up. So, and by the way, the uh, you, guy you just had a chance to you, you just had came back on. Uh, he's also a fellow Michigander himself as well, too. So that was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, we yeah. just had we just had him on, and of yeah. course, uh, Brian is going to be performing tonight uh, at uh, a very very awesome comedy club, Wise Guys Comedy Club, Holy Shore part ownership of the club so looking forward to seeing his show tonight this is so las vegas chris you know and we're wrapping up the show here you know it's nfl week the nfl draft in las vegas beautiful women everywhere celebrities everywhere former nfl and current nfl greats all over this city Uh, You're in the service industry, Chris. This is just a wild and crazy weekend, but it's a good weekend because people are making money. It's good for the economy. Everybody's having fun. I think after the last few years, we all need a little bit of fun in our lives. The shows are back. The comedy clubs are back up and running again. The Cirque shows, everything's happening again. I'm going to see one of my favorite musicians next week, Jerry Cantrell from Alice Mm -hmm. in Chains. I'm just so glad that Vegas is back. This country is back. It's been an unfortunate circumstance, but it's so great to see everybody having so much fun
0: again, you know? Well, Brian, we expect nothing less, right? When it comes to cities that are going to bounce back coming out of the pandemic, you would expect Las Vegas to be one of the ones that does it the fastest, right? And the quickest. And that's exactly what's happening. And yes, you're right. And we talked about it at length, right? As far as there's always a, something going on, when, whether it's about sports or entertainment in Las Vegas. But this weekend is is uh, is nothing uh, different whatsoever. Especially when you have a big time event like the NFL draft and so much other stuff going on. And uh, yeah, there's it's it's uniqueness without question when you're yeah. talking about a city like Las Vegas and uh, yeah. the, and the 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 atmosphere and climate they're in right now. Uh, second to none. By the way, it's amazing that I haven't really done much of any politics
1: today, but having a conversation with Brian Collin, he's such a reasonable guy. Like, he's one of those reasonable Republicans. There's reasonable Democrats. There's reasonable Republicans. And, you know, saying that you voted for Donald Trump is not an easy thing, even though he said he wouldn't support Donald Trump in 2024. But but even saying you support Donald Trump in any way, shape, or form is, I'm sorry, a beautiful woman just walked by, and I just, <laughs> I, I completely just lost my train of thought. Um, I don't even remember what I was just talking about I just saw an incredibly attractive woman
0: half naked okay was I talking about it, it wouldn't be a shock. it's not br- Shap. it's not a shocker <laughs> that that we're not diving deep into politics given you know kind of uh, the setup that we have going on right now in the uh, and, it,
1: and, and it's
0: so off-putting though Chris because you know there, there are
1: so many beautiful women here and then I look over and I see three men that are uh, not exactly what you would call attractive um, and some of their breasts are bigger than some of the women's breasts, so it's a little bit—it's uh, a little off-putting. But I love the fact that everybody is here is having such a wonderful time.
0: Uh, It's—I'll put it this way: <laughs> we're, the, the gentleman that, that Brian's referring to, of course, are guys. I'm having flashbacks to the pandemic when we were betting on sumo wrestling, okay? And we were actually getting video on the internet of the sumo wrestlers that's what he's talking about that's true with the individuals that's, that uh we are eyeing that, up right now here that, that, at that, the sapphire uh day club
1: this place is so awesome man uh i love this place i was here at sapphire last night terrell owens had a, a draft party here and then today it's just I, I love the fact that everybody is having such a wonderful time everybody everybody is just so awesome here and the, and the employees are great everybody's uh, so much fun and that's to me, this is what Vegas is all about. It's like everyone just being themselves and having a great time, yeah. uh, letting, the, letting their guard down a little bit, I guess, so to speak, right?
0: Yeah, no question about it. That is, that's kind of the way things are. It's not a shocker, right, that this is the kind of uh, situation that we're in. It's uh, We're rolling into the weekend, right? I mean, we are uh, on the verge of uh, going into the weekend, and there's no question that here in Vegas, this is how things go down, Okay. Doesn't go down like this in Topeka, Kansas, my friends. Yes. Doesn't absolutely. go down like this in Albu- Albuquerque, New Mexico. This is a uh, strictly Vegas type of totally. deal. I love. And, uh, not, I love. Not a surprise whatsoever. And Brian, I love. I love. All. I love the people
1: that show up. We have a Hollywood actor and a comedian. We have a podcaster. We have a politician. Yeah. We have the golf guru here. Uh, we have all. Uh, what, what a what an eccentric group of people I've had here today. And uh, we had uh, former mayor of Las Vegas, Oscar Goodman. By the yeah. way, that might make a little headway. He called
0: the. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell an idiot that's our former mayor that was uh, that it's was... gotta be weird right for Roger Goodell I mean he he, he he just hates Vegas so much yet he's here and he's uh, front yeah. and center for the NFL draft last night he's okay. like the guy the MC, Yeah, and he's had the history that he's had with the NFL, kind of a strange thing. By the way, I want to
1: thank everybody uh, for for putting this whole thing together. Let me start with Joe, IT guy at KSHB, did a wonderful job. The people here at Sapphire have been so awesome, man. They're they're so great. I want to thank George and and and, and all and Reed and all the people that that helped us put this thing together. They have been so great. The food here is so good. The drinks are awesome. Uh, of course, I want to thank my guest, Brian Collin, for being here. Uh, I don't know where Marcus Banks went to. Maybe he got lost on the way over or he tripped over some attractive women and couldn't make it. I don't know, but hopefully Marcus is okay. Uh, I want to thank Oscar Goodman. Chris, I want to thank you for being here, as always. Uh, I know uh, it's it's a, 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 a tough thing to, to show up to an event like this with half-naked
0: women You're really everywhere. twisting my arm, Brian. I mean, really. It's just, it's just really difficult. Alcohol. I can't, I can't believe you did that. You brought me into this kind of into this kind of situation. What are you doing? i'm
1: sorry about that yeah chris but uh i want to thank justin in the studio who does a great job Chuck, as he's called uh rick has done a a great job just everybody's been awesome and and i have to say 20 years in radio this is uh, probably the most fun i've ever had doing a radio show this has been a lot of fun man i gotta say chris uh it's been a pleasure thanks for coming uh sorry folks uh to all of our listeners but i have to go mingle with some half naked women right now you understand uh but thanks for joining us everybody we'll be back monday same time same place Unfortunately, I should say it won't be the same place. I wish I was doing my show here every day, but we'll be back. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Have a great day.